Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. On this episode, it's Tyler and I, and we're talking about Nintendo games based off of R-rated movies. Yes, Nintendo, the original one, made a bunch of games for some reason based off of R-rated movies for kids, I guess. They thought that would be great. Everyone wants the Untouchables game and Rambo. Makes total sense if you ask me. Anyways, this is how Tyler and I spent our Easter. I think I tricked him into doing a holiday episode. I'm going to loosely tie it together here for you. Uh, see if I'm wrong or if I'm right. Movies have Easter eggs in them. We recorded on Easter. Even though this isn't about Easter eggs, it is about movies which do contain them. So Easter episode, you guys tell me if that's too loose. Anyways, I want you to know we do have a Patreon for this show. It is at patreon.com slash collectorsquest.com. You can join for as little as $2, but no more than 6 and with that, you get added to the Discord, which I think is the best part. And you also get some bonus audio, which can be fun. So if you're into that, please join if you can afford it. If not, don't worry about it. That's my quick blurb on it. If you can't do that, if you could go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. That'd be the next best thing you could do to help us. So thanks so much. Hope everyone is doing well. And here's the show. Starting. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Hey, Tyler, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I joined the uh, the video game Sage Survivor game, which is exactly like the regular reality TV show, except you play a video game in a competition almost every single day. So until I get voted off, I will be playing video games competitively, like, every day for, like, three weeks, probably. Okay, and how do you show your worth so you don't get voted off? Like, what what are the established boundaries here? I mean, so, like, the, the most recent thing was there, we're in tribes of five people, and we had five different shoot-em-ups to play, and we had to assign each game to one person in our tribe, and the our tribe's score at the end is the combination of all the scores we got, and then the lowest tribe has to vote someone off the the island or whatever. So, okay. like, the games are, they go from, like, River Raid to Gradius 5. So your score in Gradius 5 is going to be hundreds of thousands. And your score in River Raid, probably closer to tens of thousands or a hundred thousand. So you have to strategize based on basically putting your weakest player on the weakest game, or what do you want to do there? Yeah, it's, so, it's like, every, every time you play, do you have to, like, take a picture of your score, or how does that work? Yeah, you take a picture of your score or a screenshot, whatever you're doing. Their, their stance is basically that if you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. So, like, how are we going to prove that you're going to do everything anyway. yeah uh, you, you know in such a low stakes environment you should definitely cheat there there is a prize i don't remember what it is because i'm not expecting to win it johnny but uh there, there's, there's intrigue johnny i'm gonna reveal this on collector's quest someone in my tribe i know is lying about his score there's intrigue he chose he chose to go the selfish path which was detrimental to his score but i think it gave him a secret Hint to a hidden immunity idol, Johnny, because he said that his 1942 score on NES was like 53,000. I played 1942 once completely cold and I got like 200,000. There is no way that within a day of playing his entire score was 53,000. Okay. He betrayed our tribe for his own selfish immunity idol goals, Johnny. Yeah, that's that's pretty much Survivor. <laughs> I, I also like Survivor a whole lot as a as a game show. 
Uh, I I tried watching it, I think, a year or two ago. Like, I figured out what the best season is. I think people say the China one is the best season, and I just could not get into it. Although I do remember watching, like, a couple seasons when it was new, because back in the 90s, everyone watched primetime TV. Like, everyone on planet Earth was just like, oh, just tune into Survivor, tune into Millionaire, tune into The Mole, whatever. That was the 2000s. 2000s, 90s, they're the same thing to me, Johnny. It was the 2000s. No, because you were barely born in the 90s. I was barely born. You're correct. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't like three years old being like, hooray, let's watch Survivor, Mom. Really? When did Survivor get? Oh, I guess Survivor's not as... uh... When is Survivor? I'm going to say it was the year 2000, Johnny. uh, It's probably... I I remember season two, Australia debuted after the Super Bowl. So that made it like a big deal. It is the year 2000. Now we know. There are 40 seasons of Survivor. 596 yeah, episodes and two seasons normally uh, a year and like there's not one season i've watched where i haven't been entertained to, to some degree i i like i like the game theory it's changed a lot too that what's interesting is how the game was played before and how it's played now and how after you have people who have absorbed all the knowledge of all the previous seasons then go and try and play like now there's a meta game to Survivor, which it didn't have when it first started, which is crazy to think about. That sounds that like this existing meta. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I especially like seasons that have like returning players and like all, like are all star seasons against like some new players because then you see you see like the new players who know what the meta should be, but then you have returning players who have the experience behind them and just how they engage, like sometimes they're mixed together and sometimes they're kept separate from each other, you know, and like what their fear is of like the older players. And then the, like the returning players, their fear of the newer players that they're just going to get voted off because they know too much already. So they're (laughs) already a bigger threat. So there's like this dichotomy there. Uh, Yeah, it's good. You know, it's, it's an excellent idea and it evolved itself um, just for existing for so long, which is uh, continually made it interesting. Though I don't think I've seen like the last three seasons because I had to cut a lot of TV out of my life and uh, Survivor didn't make the cut. Sure. Uh, so, sorry, you know, they, they got voted off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I went into this game thinking like, ah, it's just a video game competition. I'm just going to see how good I can do at video games. I'm not going to get caught up in this high school drama, backstabbing bullshit. And You're fully like the second, the second game was this shoot 'em up thing. And like, I immediately realized that uh, one of our tribe mates submitted a fake score. I'm like, guys, this score is fake. We've got like a separate PM thread going on. Like, <laughs> we're going to vote him out if we're ever on the, the low end of the totem pole. Man, I'm already into it, Johnny. Yeah, if you ever have to go to tribal council, he's being vi- voted out. All yeah. right. What are people saying about me and PM? Anyway, Johnny, no one cares about my uh, my personal Survivor game. Um, Survivor okay. is that a game like the... played by adults, though. Yeah, mm. so there are some adult games that we could talk about. Adult-only games, right? Uh, you might say that they're restricted to those 17 and up, but not oh, really because so the SRB didn't exist yet. Yeah, so these are rated R games we're going to talk about then? We're going to talk about NES games based on R-rated movies. In fact, you might call it the set of NES games based on R-rated movies because there are a lot of them, and I think it's a cool set to collect. It's not... We didn't come up with this concept. It's definitely a set that I've heard people talk about collecting, like this is an interesting set to collect, and there are a bunch of expensive games in it now. But yeah, we want to talk a little bit about them. Yeah, so, and to be clear... 
R rate the movie the game is based off is R rated. This isn't like this has nothing to do with ESRB ratings or any ratings applied by any body uh, for video games. This is ba- like the games themselves probably aren't R rated, but the movie it is based off of is. Okay, so it's not like mature video games. It's R rated movie games. Cool. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on the distinction. So we have 23 games to go over, Johnny. And I want people to, as we're talking about these movies slash games, I want people to keep in the back of their mind that in 1993, Nintendo went to Congress and talked up how they're not going to put Night Trap on a Nintendo console. Night Trap, a game with almost no objectionable content. It has like implied death. That's, it's ridiculous. There's nothing objectionable in Night Trap, but these 23 plus some extra games we're going to talk about were on NES in the preceding yeah, six years. No to problem. That, uh, that congressional hearing. And how we're going to move through this is we're going to start in chronological order of the games release, not the movies release of the games release. Is that correct, Tower? Uh, it sure is. And uh, also awesome. one thing I want to point out in almost all of these is the proximity of the the game's release to the movie. A lot of times it's a year or two, but sometimes it's just like a movie or a game based on a movie that came out decades ago. It's crazy. Yeah, that's it's really weird when that happens. So, uh, yeah, I think are we ready to to jump in to dive also, in? We're just ba- so we didn't say? go into like months because I'm not going to. I'm not going to get the exact release dates for 23 games to put them in order. So it's loosely just based on the year uh, chronological order. Starting no, I with. Have a, I, I have a few that are, have the months for. Well, we'll get to those reasons. All right. But you you have Jaws. You have the date written wrong. Jaws. Was that the first licensed NES game? I think this might actually be correct. Well, the movie. Uh, it's Oh, is it based off the 1987 version of it Jaws? It is not, based on not the Jaws ni- the Revenge, the fourth Jaws movie. Oh. I feel like people don't consider that fact, but Jaws came out way before the NES version. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Jaws is 1975 or something. Yeah. Jaws 4, I have, I have not seen Jaws 4. Uh, from what I gather, it is a very bad movie, as most Jaws sequels, I think, are considered. Um... But people consider this game collectible, especially recently. Um, one of the things, well, we didn't talk about this in a little before we get into the games thing. Uh, a lot of new people in the video game market, a lot of people who don't have a lot of knowledge about video games themselves, but are going after licensed properties they know. So uh, things like movie games and comic games, that kind of thing, have been more popular and more expensive lately because people are just like, oh, I, I recognize that thing. That's a popular thing. I want to own that thing. You know, Jaws plus Nintendo equals two great things coming together into a LGN game based on the fourth Jaws movie. Um, but it, but it's a known quantity. It's a pop culture item. It sure is. I think, like, if this was called Jaws Four or Jaws: The Revenge, probably less popular. But I don't think they'd ever do that because why would they call their name? Well, yeah, based why, on a movie? No why would they take a hit? Um, so, you know, what's interesting too, is I talked about this phenomenon on the last episode a little bit with Superman, right? Because the people who are coming into the collecting world, they just don't have any of like this old, old collector stigma of like, oh, movie games, bleh, those are always terrible. I don't want those cause they're bad games. Uh, you know, when being a bad game used to affect the price of a game in the collectible market, like that is going away. I mean, it's 
been like receding for a long time unless like a game was super rare didn't really matter you know like if it was super rare if it was bad then it could still be you know your stadium events could still be very expensive but things like you know superman like i talked about last time bad game like kind of suppressed the price the idea that it was a bad game held it back that's all going away so uh if you still have some of these like old notes in your brain uh start deleting them and uh you know get current because you don't want to no, you don't decide want to for yourself wrong. if you want to collect bad games. I don't think you have no, to. I, I don't to collect bad games. I don't think you have to or want to. I'm just saying if you are collecting, don't look at it and be like, "Oh, that's it's a bad game, so I'm not gonna." You know, look if you're out there in the, in the wild and you see something, you're like, "I'm not gonna buy that if it's a good price." I don't know. You should buy it if you see a good price on it. Sure. Um. So uh, we're not going to go deep into each of these games because there's a ton of them and a lot of them aren't very interesting. There's some interesting things about Jaws. Jaws has a five screw revision. Uh, normal NES, uh, normal NES games, but NES games uh, changed to three screw about this time. So very early releases of this game were five screw and it's one of the harder five screw games to find. Um, and then also it was made by Atlas who subcontracted it to Weststone who are the people who made the Monster Boy games, like all of the Monster Boy games. And Jaws is really bad, which is, I guess, interesting, because n- not the Monster, uh, Wonder Boy games. I was like, Why I write Monster Boy? The Wonder Boy games. Um, and the Wonder Boy games are beloved, and they've been ported to everything, and they've been remade, and, and it's like a historic kind of Metroid-like game is uh, Mo- uh, Wonder Boy 3. So... Uh, NES Jaws, I I say, it plays like an Atari game. It is so simple. There's like two things you do in the game and you beat it in like 10 minutes that uh, it feels like a game out of its era. But uh, that's Jaws, I think, for NES, unless you have anything else to talk about. it. I really don't. Like you said, a lot of these games, we didn't go super deep and there's or there's not a lot of super deep stuff to go on them. Uh, So, you know, let's uh, let's move on. All right. All right. So. Rambo, uh, you know, a thing I'm going to do too is just like, I, I do want to say about these games and Rambo's our first iteration of this. So Rambo starring Sylvester Stallone, all of these movies, like not all of these, uh, not all of these games, but like most of them have some action star, you know, some powerhouse action star that they're based around. So you're going to get a lot of, you know, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, you even get a Liam Neeson in here. So just be prepared for that. Um, you know, spoiler alert, Arnold was the king of the action movies and he is the king of these games as well. He will appear in the most. Uh, and you also get some Mel Gibson, which at one point was kind of like an action star, but, um, you know, not so much anymore. Also, everybody who likes stars in these movies is pretty much still making movies, which is crazy to think about. Uh, Anyways. 80s nostalgia, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're still out there. I mean, even Mel Gibson... Made like, uh, God, what is it? A movie called Fat Man that was released around Christmas where he was Santa Claus. Uh, kind of entertaining uh, if you can stomach Mel Gibson. So I can't. Anyways, fair. I, I like the Mad uh, Max movies, actually, so I won't say that. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Mel Gibson's in some movies I like, but I also like to watch weird Christmas movies. And so he was in this. So I gave it a whirl. It was okay. It's nothing special. Anyways, game I'm talking about here, though, is Rambo. And it's the 1987 game, but it's based on the 1985 movie. It's also not the first Rambo. It's based on First Blood Part 2. That so, is the first Rambo. 
Is it First Blood Part 2? Is Rambo's a one? nightmare. So the first movie is First Blood, thought... and then it's Rambo First Blood Part 2, and then it's Rambo 3 after that. Like, the, the numbering in this series makes no sense. Wait, I thought First Blood is the first one. First Blood is the first movie, but it's not a Rambo movie. First Blood Part 2 is Rambo, and then the sequel to Rambo oh, First Blood Part saying. 2 is Rambo 3. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Anyways, this is based off First Blood Part 2. Okay, just know that this game is based off First Blood Part 2. And it's uh, similar-ish to Zelda 2, so that kind of side-scrolling action kind of game. It's not very expensive. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this. We didn't say it with Jaws, but like a lot of the games... This is you can get it for five dollars for the cart. This is not too bad if you are sitting and waiting in your cart collector. It's a five dollar cart, but a CIB also not too terrible right now. Thirty five dollars. So if you're out there waiting or thinking about it, or if you care at all about this, or if you're ever going to think about buying this game and knowing how the current market is moving, it's like thirty five dollars right now. So it probably won't be later. Uh, yeah. That's all I got CQ for it. Spec it's, pick Rambo. I mean, this, this, like a lot of this list is a CQ spec pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the, the one thing I remember about Rambo is that at the end of the game, Rambo shoots the bad guy with a Chinese character. I believe it's specifically a Chinese character, not a Japanese character. And then he turns into a frog, uh, which does not seem like the end of Rambo. I don't know. No, that's exactly how it happened. Oh, okay. Well, it's faithful then. Yeah, completely. Uh, and now next that you're bringing got... up, I totally remember that, which is a memory <laughs> I didn't realize I still had. That's very funny. Excellent. I'm happy I triggered that in you. Uh, next, Johnny, we've got Predator, the 1988 well, game. Were you, were you open me? I was out. Uh, no, I said, ooh, Predator. <laughs> the 1988 game based on the 1987 movie, nice and close to the release date. Uh, apparently loosely based on an MSX game, according to your note here. I don't know the MSX game Predator. Yeah, it, so it was a little different, but it came out on MSX first. Okay, and this is one of these games that apparently just got bought out in 2021. So uh, probably the worst time in human history to buy Predator. Predator, uh, $10 cartridge, complete in box copies. January, one sold for $100. February, $150. March, $210. And now there's one for $350. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Like, people just went insane, bought it out, and left only the super high-value ones, or reposted their January pickups as, like, the expensive ones. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, Predator is, like, on the edge of movies I'm interested in, because it's, it's more of an action movie, but, uh, than, than a horror movie is what I was implying. Um, yeah. right, it's more action, like, I know it's supposed to, like, there's an alien in it specifically the predator is now but it's like it's even on the edge of sci-fi for me so. yeah so i'm just saying that because it's is there that big of a following for predator like i know alien is like one of the most beloved horror movies of all time like if this was an alien game i'd say yeah sure buy it out try to spike it to the moon whatever is predator like that much of a, a thing that people are going to try to like 5x the price overnight i don't, I don't know it's weird to me. I don't know. That's it's a weird pick. Um, you know, I'm excited to talk about this next game though. Ooh, yeah. You know uh, this is uh, incorrectly placed, so I'm going to delete it and move it to the bottom of the list. Though, sorry, Johnny. New next okay. game. All right, new next game. I'm excited to talk about this next game. <laughs> <laughs> it is 
Platoon. And actually, I am excited to talk about this because if you know anything about Platoon, you know, it's like got Charlie Sheen in it. It's, you know, a Vietnam, you know, war movie. It's about the horrors of war and dealing with that reality. And it was done by Oliver Stone, a very serious director. So it's a really, to me, a clear pick to make a Nintendo (laughs) game about. I'm I'm saying top two movies on this entire list, not to turn into a Nintendo game. Maybe top one, probably the number one movie that should not be a Nintendo game. Platoon. (laughs) Platoon. Yeah. You're just like, whoa, that is a weird pick. But, uh, you know, it's also, it's, it's the game came out in 1998, but it's based on the 1987 British computer version based on the 1986 movie Platoon. So it's a side scroller where you jump up and down, go through a maze. But here's what you don't know. Those controls are horrible. This is a terrible game to play. If you have never played it, just it, it's super clunky because you have to use the up to jump, but also up to move through the or yeah, up to jump, then up to move through mazes. Like it's it's really annoying to play. That's what you need to know about. This is a game I've played. Don't recommend. Is this so a childhood it, game of yours? Yeah, did not. Why like, did your parents uh, buy you Platoon? I traded some kid. I, you know, oh, I told okay. you my thing. I tra- I tried to beat as many games as I could. So I played right. a lot. I've played most of the Nest library at some point. Um, so this is Ocean's first computer game. If you don't know Ocean, they um, uh, huge over in British microcomputer games. And they're going to be featured prominently on this list because they also made a bunch of Nintendo games that they ported over. Um, there are Circle and Oval Silvariants. Again, card on this, like 10 bucks. CIB, around 30 bucks. So what are you doing if you want this game? If you want it and you want some Charlie Sheen action in your life, Platoon is the game for you. I want to be in the boardroom where they decided, yeah, Platoon for the Nintendo. The, The next one coming up is also like a big WTF game for me. The Untouchables. Uh, A mobster movie, as far as I know, based on just the box art, I think, Johnny, right? Yeah, Untouchables, mobster movie. I believe it's, um, uh, what's his name? Kevin Costner? Yeah. So uh, this is a 1989 NES game, which was ported from British microcomputers, and it was based on the 1987 movie. It's also an ocean game. Uh, The interesting thing here is there are two major variants of the Untouchables. The first, more common release, it has Kevin Costner on it. It's a photographic box art. So the whole, the box, the manual, and the cartridge all have this art. And then the second release is one of the red stripe NES games, which means it just has a red stripe at the top. And when did they start that? Was that 1993 they started doing that? Maybe 1992? No, 1991. I think 90. Johnny. It was, I don't, Ninja I don't Gaiden know. Because Ninja Gaiden 3 has that, that and that came out in 1991. Anyway, late, later NES releases, not like super late, but later NES releases start having that red stripe at the top. 90s the and up is what and, we can uh, say. It was a 90s convention. Yeah. And then uh, that's usually called the blue label, the first print, sometimes called the black label. Um, and it's got a more artistic uh, drawing of the of three characters from the movie. Yeah. And it sells for some premium. Uh, there aren't enough recent sales and prices are so crazy right now. I would be hesitant to say what premium that is, but there is a premium on the blue label version of The Untouchables. It is less common. Yeah. So um, The Untouchables, like if I'm, I'm trying to remember... So Kevin Costner, I believe, is uh, on part of the commission that because uh, it's during a like prohibition era and fighting uh, bootleggers, you know. Um, sure. So that that's that's what this movie is about. So like, is this what the game is about? Is this what kids want to play? Do you want to f- like 
really free alcohol to the masses and or be part of the government system that you know uh, people say oppress their rights to enjoy an alcoholic beverage. I don't. It's like a weird premise to be in a video game. Uh, Johnny, here I'm going to tell you exactly what the game is, and uh, I've I've never played Untouchables, and I don't remember any footage of the Untouchables. You play a guy uh, in a fedora probably in a trench coat with a gun shooting guys with Tommy guns on city streets. Did I get it? Is that the exact game? <laughs> you got it. All right. Nailed it. Um, I guess uh, notably, so I, I, I just kind of mentioned it. Like it's a variant. This is one of the biggest variants on NES. There are not a lot of NES games that have like the entire art changes across all box art and manual. So this has always been one of the biggest uh, NES variants. So maybe, maybe yeah, get it. CQ like pick, ho- get into, I, don't, I didn't yeah, put this, prices here. Um, this and uh, Hollywood Squares. Well, Untouchables, uh, you know, Blue Label, you can like find a box right now for about uh, $180, uh, but it it is kind of expensive. So you can get a cart for like 10 to 20 bucks. Sometimes you can find a box copy for like 50 So it's a little bit all over the place. It's very condition dependent and how complete it is. Like, th- and that's just going to be true now for all the NES games we talk about. Cause you can find like a $40 box and cart, but no manual in the box is kind of trash. So it's just going to depend on like what your appetite for a good condition is. So uh, just know our prices are kind of median prices that we are talking through. Not, not exact. So you might see a little higher, a little lower, depending on what's going on with the condition. When I go for prices these days, I basically ignore price charting and I just go to eBay solds and I pick like the, like not even the last three, just like the last two nice ones. And I'm like, anything past that is the wild west. Cause we're in 2021 until something changes and we level off or we have a correction. Who knows with video yeah. games? Yeah, true. But I mean, even if you look at the eBay, not solds, like the current ones available, you're going to see that range in prices based on the condition. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, this one, here's a good one. Guys, do you like Atlas games? I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. You love them. You love them so much. You you hype them to the moon. You want the whole Atlas. It's like a sub-series. You know, it's up there with like working design as publishers people love. You know, it, it's like the secondary Konamis and Capcoms of the world. But Atlas is still doing it at a high level, right? So you want those Atlas games? Like Friday the 13th? Whoa! I, I'm to wait, beloved Whoa, weird. Johnny, beloved. Yeah, beloved game. You and your friends are dead. Game over. That's <laughs> it's got the best end screen ever. Also made like by Atlas, but it is also just you know an LGN game, so it's still published by them. It's not super expensive if you want the cart. It's like fifteen dollars, but if you want it, if you want a complete game, it's like a hundred to one hundred and fifty. Now there is a circle and an oval cell variant. The prices don't vary too much between that, but obviously, you know, collectors now are leaning on circle seals, even if that's not the most rare copy of the game. So that's what collectors are after, though, because that seems to be earliest. Now, like, we'll we'll talk about whether, I mean, in another episode, whether uh, people are getting it wrong. Are they taking circle seals where that's the bulk of what was published and maybe the oval seals are rare or not? I, I speculated this last episode. I still think some of that is true, but uh, the current collector market doesn't care about that they want the circles so uh yeah i mean like uh, all right let me let me start at square one just in case we we should be describing things just in case you don't know 
Circle seal and oval seal, what we mean is the Nintendo seal of quality, usually in the bottom right of the box. Uh, either it'll have an oval with a white background, which is the later 90s version, or it will be a some kind of circle, usually a black circle, which they used uh, from the mid-80s up until whenever. Some people know the cutoff dates off the top of their head. They're crazy people. When's the cutoff date, Johnny? Like, late I, 80s? I don't know. <laughs> hey. Something like that. Circle seals will be the earlier release. Oval seals will be the later release. Sometimes one is rarer than the other. Uh, if you're going into sealed copies, the sealed oval seals will always be more common almost because uh, those are going to be the copies that were left over basically, you know, after they stopped selling copies of the game. And, you know, in, in me and Johnny's opinion, I will just state Johnny's opinion because I already know it. Uh, circle seals are cooler just because they stand out less. They're less ugly. Uh, I, right. The saddest thing in the world is when you see someone's set of Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Castlevania 3, and the Castlevania 1 has the oval seal. So it... It doesn't go like this nice transition from circle circle to oval. It's just like oval circle oval. It's like, oh, that's it's incongruous. I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. So one last thing to say about Friday the 13th, too. We didn't say the year. It's the 1989 game. This is when it came out. But it's not based off of one specific Friday the 13th. It's more based off the idea of the seven movies that existed at the time. And you'll see this with a lot of these games, what's off of big franchises. Some, like our next one, will get very specific about the movies they're about, but others will just kind of be about like, hey, here's a franchise and here's a, a movie game based off that franchise. And that's what, this is one of those. Johnny, I have a fun fact. Oh, tell me. Recently on eBay, there were $50 copies of this signed by Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Signed. And I was like, so obviously, like someone knows the the guy who played Jason Voorhees and got him to sign that. I'm like, huh, that's strange. That guy would be very old right now. It was signed by the guy who played child Jason Voorhees in the first movie. And I, I thought that was notable because... In the first movie, uh, spoilers for Friday the 13th, a movie that's, what, like 40 years old, 50 years old, uh, 40 years old. Uh, the, the killer is Mrs. Voorhees, not Jason. So this game is specifically not based on the first movie, because I believe the killer in this game actually is Jason. Yeah. Um, so that's weird that he signed those games. But I mean, whatever, no one cares. They just want the autograph of someone related to Friday the 13th. I understand. I am like the most particular little ass. I am just the worst person, Johnny. I love you, Tyler. I love you too, Johnny. I, I, I love how particular you are about things. And all the people in the CQ Discord, patreon.com slash collectors quest. A bunch of particular nerds. Yeah. Our kind of people. Did we say this game is like 100 to $150 complete? Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, it looks like there's fewer uh, Circle Seal copies on the market. It could just be because over the past couple of years, people have bought them out, basically. All right. Shall we move on to the next one? We absolutely should, Johnny. The number one or number two game that should not be a video game, let alone a Nintendo game. This one is so puzzling. I mean, I get why they did it, but they missed the point. Absolutely. Not even. They are against the point. <laughs> Robocop, the 1989 NES game based on the 1987 movie. Uh, before we get into... Why RoboCop should not be a commercial video game where you just shoot guys. Uh, this was a Data East arcade game ported to British microcomputers by Ocean and then ported to NES. And uh, I've told you guys on the show that I, uh, I've been buying Spectrum games 
one of the the Spectrum YouTubers who was just uh, just a fountain of British microcomputer knowledge that I follow is Kim Justice. Uh, she puts out uh, just documentaries about British microcomputer companies and games and like just plays tons of them on streaming. Anyway, I know RoboCop is one of the most popular Spectrum games of all time, one of the best-selling Spectrum games of all time. Uh, I don't know about the other computers, but this was like a massive computer hit. This is the company that essentially put Ocean on the map. It was the second game they published after Platoon. I'm guessing Platoon wasn't a smash hit, but RoboCop was, and it's what set the company off into making a lot of licensed movie games because this game was such a success. NES version, I've never heard anyone talk about. Like, in America, this game essentially does not matter. Yeah, that, not a big deal. But I have I have a couple of questions. Um, what are your questions, Johnny? Didn't cartographers first put oceans on maps? Johnny, you're, you're, you're that's too dumb for me to even respond to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I couldn't help myself uh, at all. But uh, uh, I, I I want you to tell the people about the price and do tell us why RoboCop shouldn't be a game. Uh, RoboCop, $10 cartridge, $50 complete. It's not that rare, but I mean, cool game. Not a cool game, but does the fact that this is like a port of a port make it less interesting to collect? Like in this world, I realize it doesn't matter. It says RoboCop, so just buy it. But, uh, oh, I have another question. I like getting all this original stuff now. So like the NES game wouldn't be the interesting thing for me to buy. What's your other so, question, Johnny? The British microcomputer game, since it was like the best-selling game of all time, and they made just so many of them, and there's probably some like weird small revisions of it, should it cost $660,000? Absolutely, because this game is just okay. so popular. Uh, unsurprisingly, RoboCop is worthless. Uh, also, new Spectrum games, as far as I've seen, are not easy to find. But also, like that market is considered such dog by collectors in Europe, as far as I know. Like Those games are just like not coveted. It would be like, like, as far as I can see, again, I, I don't live there. It's really hard to get a gauge on, but like Spectrum games and all this like garbage cassette stuff, people see them like jewel case computer games over here. Like people do not want that stuff unless they're specifically in that era. Anyway, uh, RoboCop, the 1987 masterpiece, social satire, anti-capitalism, anti-violence, just like this. Oh, it's a perfect movie. It is so good. I saw it a couple of years. I saw it as a kid, obviously, which is weird. Kids shouldn't see RoboCop. They wouldn't even understand the point of RoboCop. Um, I saw it in a drive-in, Tyler. Awesome, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, make me feel young because I've never been to a drive-in. But uh, yeah, it's not worth commercializing RoboCop as a game where it's just RoboCop is a guy who's half cop, half robot who shoots dudes. It's like counter to the point of what robocop is <laughs> like yes, the idea is. of robocop part of the idea is that you would just look at the poster and be like oh yeah it's gonna be this stupid ass action movie where a guy just shoots dudes and they didn't actually watch the movie they're just like yeah we can make a video game out of that video games are where people shoot dudes you know what it's interesting too because this was done by uh the director was paul uh Verhoeven, right so he's gonna show up later on this list too uh, in, in a couple other movies, because he just makes these type of movies. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool, Johnny. Uh, also, also, this this making... Uh, to, because RoboCop is kind of maybe hard to ingest for people who are younger, and this... They, like, Fight Club doesn't hold up as much anymore uh, for, like, ages, but maybe it's a more current reference. Like, the idea of, if you know the point of Fight Club, 
making a game, which they did for Fight Club to make money off of, is ridiculous and counterintuitive to the point of <laughs> both the movie and the book. So that's this is the first iteration of that happening, which is very weird. So sometimes, uh, wow, I'm trying to think of a recent example. So sometimes they do that, like they would make a, a Fight Club game, but the point of the game would be a joke that it actually exists because it's like not it, the it point would be subversive. of, of yeah, Fight Club. It, they would be... Yeah, it would be a subversive creation, yeah. but that's not what this is. I, so I don't know about the Fight Club, but like, absolutely, that is no. not what the RoboCop game is. You're just like, RoboCop is cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- that's it's such like a weird thing. You know, start Peter Weller back in the day. It's just like, it was such a good, like, there's so much going on in this. It, but it also like, this is, it's so indicative that of the 80s that it got a game and also a cartoon series. Like, guys, that's not what this is. You're doing this wrong. This, But they're like, oh man, uh, a robot cop, sweet, make it a game and, uh, and make a cartoon. Kids love it. And to be fair, kids did love RoboCop. Uh, they weren't wrong. Sure. It would be like, I don't, uh, it would be like. Uh, like a 1984 video game where you're big brother and you're surveilling the populace to make sure everything goes okay. Like That sounds like an awesome game. Like Let's do it. Man, you just, I think you just sold me on a game. Let's go pitch that. Uh, yeah. It'd be a new, new genre of God game. Is there a game <laughs> genre where you play as like a totalitarian regime surveilling the public? That doesn't feel like a game genre to me, Johnny. So much. I mean, it. that's how I played every version of populace in the Sims. So, Hmm. Hmm. Johnny, what's so, our next game on the list? We've talked about okay, Net- RoboCop. We got a lot of games to get through. <laughs> we do, uh, and not a lot of time. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the 1990 game based on the 1984 movie. There wasn't even a Nightmare on Elm Street movie in 1990. This is weird. But the fifth movie did come out in 1989. Uh, this is a Rareware game, so that's it's interesting that these LGN games like they just hired these upcoming you know developers that turned into like later to be awesome and like very important but you know here they just making dog games uh the most interesting thing about nightmare on elm street is that they're like 60 to 70 dollars loose so that's that's crazy to me and to be clear like some of these games that have increased in price it's like okay there's there's not enough to go around complete like untouchables blue label there's just like not enough to go around so like okay if people are going after that it's going to increase in price Nightmare on Elm Street sells every single day on eBay. It is just as common as you think it is and is going for 60, 70 bucks. So it's very surprising to me. Also, you called so, it dog. I would say Nightmare on Elm Street, probably one of the better games on this entire list. It well, is. Not it's, it's like a side. It's not. It's, kind of. it's fine. It look, it's, it's fine for a licensed movie game is good enough for me. Johnny. Yeah. By, by our standards here for licensed movie games. Yes. Okay, I'll I'll grant the concession. Uh, anyways, the CIB goes for about 150 bucks. This is something I'm not sure of and requires further research, but I don't think there was a circle seal of this game, though I see reproduction boxes that have a circle seal, but most of what I see are white ovals. So um and so I, I don't know why that is that like a stock photo and a and like a reproduction label has a, a weird circle seal. So I don't know if maybe they found one and that was the one they copied or not. I looked at my personal copy. It's the white oval. So there might be a circle seal out there. If it is, uh, it is rarer than the oval by a good deal. If it exists, 
I'm not saying it does. Uh, more research required on that. It's, That's my fun fact. Oh, though. man, that is so weird. Um, right? It's like, you, normally it's the other way, right? Because the normally the easiest copy to find is like the one that gets the reproduction box cover. And that's like, or the stock photo cover, but this one kind of circles. So I, it's, it's a, it's an so oddity to be a sure. A lot of, um, a lot of these, uh, box covers, they're like remade with like higher quality assets. So what I'm guessing happened is that they were able to get a uh, high enough quality, uh, nightmare on Elm street or as high as they could get. And then they replaced the seal with the, the high quality, uh, you know, circle seal. They probably took it from like a similar game with the same box, like uh, like Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. and just uh, plastered it where it was supposed to be. That's what I'm guessing happened. But maybe there's a circle seal in this game. Uh, yeah, but- I don't think there is. Look, I don't look. There's nothing that leads me to believe that, other than the weird reproduction art, which also shows up on like glasses and other like drinking glasses, pint glasses, you know and what? stuff. So and I just I'll, found the, like the source image that they're using. And you can clearly see that the nightmare on Elm street part is scanned. And then they put in the okay. LJN logo and the seals and they're much higher quality. They did. Someone definitely just made this. Okay, cool. Thank you for sorting that out. Live research right here. So yep. cool. Uh, so if you see that, uh, that's why hot tip. Don't believe pictures. If you see a picture of a box art, there's like 0% chance it exists. You need to see the box to be sure something yeah. exists. That is especially true for newer games where there's like mock-up art of like unreleased games. Yeah. We we've talked about this phenomenon a little bit, how in modern gaming, you're like, Oh man, it, we're in the modern era. Like older games were hard to figure out and catalog because they just didn't get all the pictures, but modern games, because everything is just Photoshop and they just never take pictures of real things. It's really hard to ascertain if something actually was physically created or not, or actually released, or if it was digital or, you know, a physical copy. It's gotten real weird. Um, research, in some respects, has gotten harder with new games than for old games. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Johnny, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. I'm going to say my heart goes out to people still collecting loose NES because at this point, like, you're probably hundreds of games in. It's just like, God damn it. I have, like, 100 games left. I need to finish the set. So I have to buy Nightmare on Elm Street no matter what people are paying for it. But when, if this game is so desirable that it's $70 loose and a complete copy is $150, essentially double. If you were just buying this game, it would make zero sense to buy just the cartridge. Like, double is, I'd consider, almost a deal these days. Uh, I don't think anyone buying this game who was just buying specifically this because they wanted this game in particular, not just because it was checking a box, would buy a cart over the double price CIB. But there there are so many games like this. We brought up Bomberman 2 on a recent episode where it's just like, man, loose NES guys becoming a bad set to collect. Because the whole idea is that it should be cheap to buy loose carts, I think. Yeah, but I mean, that's just not being true anymore. Also, this game is a good example. Like Tyler is saying, like, the divide or delta, right, is seventy dollars. It's maybe double in price for the box. You're getting to a point where maybe it's worth buying the box and manual and selling that off because maybe you get a hundred dollars for the box. Then, you know, like you probably recover some amount of money. Also, just in the world of collecting today, if like where values are holding sealed games, and Tyler will tell you all about this. Going to the moon, right? The the delta between CIB and sealed used to be much smaller. And now it is much bigger. And the gulf between CIB and cart is relatively the same, but that's going to start moving as well. So CIBs are going to started moving like apart, but I mean, the seal market's crazy. So it's hard to say what is an acceptable level. 
The, the, but that's what well, I'm saying. That delta is going to get bigger, and it's going to start moving faster, especially as sealed games dry dry up. We've already seen more people getting into like high graded CIB games. So yeah, god damn it, <laughs> creating CIB. I'm just I'm just cautioning thing. people. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move I, on. So like, this one, uh, uh, just to get into it for a second, because oh, I forgot who I was talking about this with. Um. But like the the multiplier between conditions or versions of games, it used to be like between two and ten, maybe like to go from a cart to a, a box, it would cost you two to ten times as much to go from a box to sealed would be like two to ten times as much. Um, and now if you look at uh, I think it was a, a Pokemon Stadium two just sold for like twenty six thousand dollars sealed in America. Uh, in america so the u.s version was like twenty six thousand. i just bought one i just wanted it complete in box in, in japan but like there's so many uh new old stock that it was just a little bit more it's probably like sixty dollars for it new old stock it's like 250 times difference between the J- japanese version and the american version like it, it's crazy to pay 250 times more for the same game later version of the same game don't tell anyone but uh yeah so those multipliers basically don't even matter anymore. Nothing matters anymore. Pay any price for a video game, Johnny. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Life is pain, princess. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, All right. Dirty Harry, Dirty Johnny. Harry. Uh, not that this, this shouldn't be a video game. <laughs> it, it shouldn't. But why is it a video game? It is a 1990 game based on a 1971 movie. Is that our biggest gap? It's got to be. Absolutely, yes. But there were other Dirty Harry movies in the 80s, right? Uh, I I'll believe check. so. Uh, all right, let's go look up the history of Dirty Harry. I'm, no, no, you so, keep talking uh, about it. Another thing yes. I brought up, um, there's a pinball machine in 1995. Like, is, is Dirty Harry like that much in the public conscience that they can make a pinball machine? I don't know. He got uh, five movies over uh, about a 20-year period, 17-year period. You know, he got Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact in 1983, and The Deadpool in 1988, but not that Deadpool. Sorry, guys. Uh, But also an R-rated game. Sure. Okay. I mean, is this game... Is is the only reason this game is in the published conscience is because of the quote do I feel lucky? Well, do you punk? Like, is that the yes. entire reason the game exists? Yeah, I feel like that's absolutely. like making a taxi driver game because you're talking to me, you're talking to me. Oh, that's a cool scene. Everyone knows that scene. Let's make a video game on that. Uh, you know, yes. And maybe the license was easy to get. I mean, maybe. Then like, why does a why did a pinball machine come out five years later? Was this a, like a Data East game? Maybe they're made by the same company and they're like, well, we got that old Dirty Harry license kicking around. Probably. All right. Do you want to tell the people how much it costs for this game? This beautiful it's piece of art? Landscaping. All right. Uh, uh, 10 bucks lose, $50 complete. Oh, yeah. So another thing we didn't bring up, like Nightmare on Elm Street, like double to get a complete box copy of that game now. Friday the 13th, 10 times between a cart and a complete. This game, five times. So Nightmare on Elm Street, relatively good deal, complete in box. Honestly, I don't think that means it's a good deal complete in box. I think that means that cartridge prices are just out of control for that game relative to everything else. Yes. There there might be something going on with Nightmare on Elm Street that I don't understand. Maybe like a YouTuber is telling people to get cartridges or something. I don't know. I have no idea. What's our next game, Johnny? Mad Max. Another weird gap 
Okay, so this is a 1990 game based on a 1981 movie, but it's actually based on Road Warrior, which is Mad Max 2, and it's more Mel Gibson. Why do I keep getting stuck with the Mel Gibson games? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, all right, you like some Mel Gibson? You, you got $15 for a loose cart? This can be yours. Yay, it's... It was an okay game. It wasn't great. It was fine. It was fine. It's weird that it was made in nine, like the 1990 game is based off of Mad Max. They didn't do like Thunderdome or anything. I don't know. Well, that seems weird to me. So I don't know. I obviously not alive, Johnny. But I mean, Mad Max 2 was. It's like Mad- the most action movie, action movie I could think of before Terminator 2. Yeah, that's so fair. Did it have that reputation? Back it was then, pretty actiony, like because if you don't know, if you watched Mad Max One, it's a lot different than Mad Max Two. Mad Max One is like the start of the apocalypse. Mad Max Two is the apocalypse. Mad Max Three Thunderdome, and you're just like deep into the shit there. You're just like, whoa, what happened? Uh, I've not you seen know, Mad that. Max. Mad Max is basically just a revenge story, which has some like weird, like I don't know, leather clad desert warriors going on in it you know just like kink crew got got his wife and you got to fight him off sorry spoilers for mad max uh if the if the costume design in mad max 2 did not get an oscar uh the academy is wrong because those leather fetish assless chaps costumes are fantastic yeah uh anyways we should make a nintendo game based on that yeah definitely 100 percent. hey he drives a cool car and uh, blow shit up. Let's yeah. do it. He used to be a cop. We love games where guys used to be a cop. So let's make it a game. $15 loose for cartridge. $60 CIB. Now let's move on to something else. Total Recall. No, Tell I me think, about I it. think Mad Max is the worldliest game on our list, Johnny. This is uh, it's an Australian Oscar. movie made by a yes. Canadian developer on a Japanese console released in America. Yeah. It's pretty I'm worldly. Mad- a lot of people had to touch it for that to happen. Yep. All right. All right, Tyler. Total Someone Recall. Who's also frequent with a lot of touching. Tell me about Total Recall. Uh, one of the best movies on this list, Johnny. Total Recall. Excellent movie. 1990 game mo- based on a 1990 movie. They got it right. Released in the same year. Uh, no one ever talks about this game. The box art is just the movie poster. Yeah, it's boring, too. It's, it's yeah. a boring. For such a weird and interesting movie, it's a, got very boring movie poster and art. Uh, yep. $10 cartridge, $50 to $60 complete. It has a poster. Make sure you get the poster. Gotta get to Mars, Quaid. Get to Mars. And uh, do you know anything about Tover? There's nothing interesting I can say about the game. I can say a lot of interesting things about the movie, but nothing. Yeah, the movie is like weird and and amazing. Uh, Here's here's a fun fact about the game. The game does a good job of following the movie's plot. Uh, Okay. You know, that's pretty interesting. I wouldn't have thought that is a thing. Yeah, because a lot of them, they don't like even the first boss in this game is, you know, Quaid fighting his wife, you know, Sharon Stone huh. is his wife in this movie. And it's that the end, the first, she's the first boss level. So and then like, even the second stage has like, um, you know, where Quaid has to pass through um, like the big x-ray machine, and he can see a skeleton and everything. Like you, the second stage, you were fighting through that x-ray machine. So, it, you know, it, it follows you go to Mars, like, I don't believe the three-breasted woman was in it, but I can't remember. There's I, I no think that's way. something. There's no I, way. No, no, no. But there's no way that she specifically with her splayed boobs were out. But, you know, 
there may have been like a headshot of the character or like one of the background characters made to look like your face. I, and I, I don't recall it, but um, get it? I don't recall <laughs> it. I, I did it. Um, but, uh, you know, that like weirdly as a child of the 80s and like not even just as a child, but like one of the standout moments of like this weird, like thoughtfully plotted movie, like because Total Recall has got a super interesting plot and it's got a lot of weird stuff going on. But all people take away from it is three boob lady. Uh, she's very uh, memorable. Which is sad. Yeah, that and like Johnny Cab. Johnny Cab. I mean, it. people watch Demolition Man, and all they get out of it is the seashells. Yeah. How did I get here? You opened the door and you got in. That's the answer from the. It's a, a fantastic answer. Um. Anyways, that's all I got on Total Recall. Uh, well, we tried to make it interesting. RoboCop Two, uh, the disappointing uh, follow up to RoboCop that was was it made by the same guy? I don't even know. It, it almost feels like RoboCop shouldn't have a sequel. <laughs> I'm just yeah, going to say no, $20 Paul, cart, $60 it, complete. It's not, it's not Paul Verhoeven. Uh, he, this, it's not the same director. I feel like it, it's almost like giving the finger to his work of art that is RoboCop to make a sequel to it. Uh, what, am, what was I going to say about this? Uh, oh, I've never... Uh, I don't I don't have any gameplay footage in my mind. I'm going to say you play as a half-man, half-robot cop with a gun shooting bad guys on the streets, Johnny. Sure. All right, $20 cart, $60 complete, RoboCop 2, whatever. I, I don't know if I mentioned Total Recall. Not that expensive. It's about $60 is like what the CIB is going for, but it can range up to like $150 game. So be careful and watch for that. Uh, like Tyler said, watch out for that poster, but the cart is like 10 bucks. All right, he did RoboCop. Let's talk about a, a, a game that has a few more fun facts. Oh my God, we're only on number 13. It's Darkman. Whoa! Darkman. Whoa! So Darkman is a weird movie that's got a few things going on. So the film came out in 1990, the game came out in 1991, so pretty close there. Okay, this this movie has Liam Neeson before Liam Neeson was like known in the public hearts and minds of people, uh, before he would go on to be an Oscar-nominated actor for Schindler's List. Uh, he was Darkman, who had his face mostly wrapped or as the face of other people. It's also directed by Sam Raimi. So Spider-Man games, not Sam Raimi's first game. It's Darkman. It's also got Danny Elfman, whose soundtrack is featured in lots of games because Tim Burton. So you have like Nightmare Before Christmas and Beetlejuice. So it's got a lot of people who have been exposed to games here. It also has... Um, God, I want to say Norma McDowell. God, she just she's got a, a TV show right now, but she's also an Oscar-winning actress. It, it's got like a pretty high-caliber group of people working on a movie that was largely not very good, and its gimmick was, you know, it's a scientist who got horribly disfigured and developed a compound so he could kind of change his face into anyone, and so it was like face-off before face-off. Uh, and yeah, it's like just a weird group of people all together. The cart is about $25 to 50, you know, but it, it does look like a buyout happened on all the copies between uh, the CIBs between 50 to 120. And now the ones that are left are $300. So just so uh, when did they get bought out? Um, is it just like it, January? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a 20, it's a 2021 buyout, but that was probably continuing from 2020. So, but, you know, it's eBay only shows like the last three months. You can see that that buyout was kind of an ongoing I, thing. I think things got extra crazy in 2021. I, I don't know yeah. if there's one particular thing to point to. Like, I know in Pokemon, it was uh, Jake or Logan Paul, whichever one. 
went crazy in that. But uh, people definitely moving all their money into pop culture collectibles. And it can only end well for people who are putting like their actual life savings into this. Or debt. <laughs> uh, you missed one thing, Johnny. Uh, Darkman is another ocean software game ported from British microcomputers. Oh, uh, I believe it's a relatively every... well-received Spectrum game, but not as near as RoboCop is. No, no one cared about this game. Um, all right, let's uh, Hudson move on. Hawk for the Nintendo Entertainment System, 1991 game based on the 1991 movie. Why does this movie exist, Johnny? Who? I don't know because they need to feature Bruce Willis's weird. It, it, like it's a movie that generally got panned. It's not a good game. There's not a lot of good going on here, so let's not say too much about it. <laughs> so it almost reminds me of the Shadow Pinball Machine, except that's like a beloved pinball machine. But like, why would you yeah. make a pinball machine based on the movie The Shadow? It's just such a strange property to think would work. Uh, so weird. They didn't make a game The Shadow, right? Oh. If you don't know, there's like a weird thing where the shadow like was a canceled game that got made and somebody released it and like got kind of sued or uh, I think it was rose colored games. Not sued. Are you thinking maybe of Shadowhawk? Is that Shadowhawk? Not Shadowman? Shadowhawk. They got oh, sued by the creator mind. of the Just comic because they didn't have permission yeah. or something. Uh, and now it's like a rare recalled game. Yeah. Although it's a bootleg because they didn't have the rights to, yeah. to release it. Yeah. Okay. I messed up. Anyway. Uh... I'd say two interesting things about Hudson Hawk. One, like the speed runs of this game are like six minutes long. It's like one of the shortest games on NES. Uh, two, the box art for both copies is awful. So yeah. the US box art, it's got a giant Sony ImageSoft logo in the top left. And it looks like the rest of the box art used the Sony ImageSoft logo colors to try to match the logo, which is super dumb in my opinion. And then the pal box art is the movie box art, which is Bruce Willis's dumbass face. It looks really bad. It's it's real dumb. And then, uh, Tyler, how much is this game? If I wanted to buy this game, should I buy this game? Uh, no, because it's Hudson Hawk. Uh, Fifteen dollars okay. cart, sixty-five dollars complete, and you thought it was very novel that you can get it for one hundred sixty-five to two hundred dollars sealed. Yeah, there's really a couple of sealed cut. Yeah, there was a couple of sealed copies available. I'm just saying, like, the way sealed prices look on everything, the fact that there's just, like, some chilling on eBay. Not that they're, like, gradable quality or anything necessarily. I just thought it was interesting that they were there. Anyways, um, let, let's get into this mess that we that we don't know how exactly uh, if it should count. This was, like, does it count for us? Yep. Uh, for R-rated movies. So, But we put it on here because, you know, Arnold needs another appearance, and that's Conan. So... The box, if you read it, just says Conan, um, but it is called Conan, uh, the mysteries of time question mark. Like you see it referenced as that in the Wikipedia and all over, but I didn't see another game. Like it's only really, this version is technically only released as the Ness, um, but it's not the movie and it's barely based on Conan. So it, it, it is weird. So this game came out in 1991. The Conans came out, uh, Destroyer in 1982, or Barbarian in 1982, Destroyer in 1984. Um, Conan is, you know, actually the work of Robert E. Howard from the 30s. He was a contemporary of H.P. Lovecraft. They even shared uh, some monsters back and forth. They they wrote to each other. They were friends. There's a, a microcomputer game of it, um, and it's called The History in the Making, but that's not, you know, it's 
or port of myth history in the making, but it's not, this game isn't just a port of that. So it's a really weird game. They were just like, we're it making just a, a Conan port of that. I think they just, so myth they? has I like didn't... a guy with blue hair and they just turned it into like an all orange guy. And they're like, that's Conan. <laughs> Did they? Oh yeah. yeah. It, it, okay. I, I'm not, I wasn't one. I, I, I watched, oh, like all right. weird... I watched like, like 10 seconds of a long play of the, the microcomputer version. I'm like, yep, that's the NES game. Okay. So, all right. I, from the box art you, and uh, everything else, you can't tell. It's it's a strange game to include. Like this isn't based. I don't think anything happens around the movies, and it's not based on the cartoon because the cartoon Conan the Adventurer came out in 1992, which I love. It's got a great theme, tr- great theme song. So yeah. go listen to that. So the uh, weird thing is, so I don't think this is based on the movie. So I really don't think this would count, but I think it was made because the movies made the character popular. So it's hard to say because a lot of these aren't like specifically based on the movies. They're basically just like loose interpretations of the character and some stuff happens around them. I mean, just don't disregard the appeal of Arnold Schwarzenegger either. Right. Especially during that time, he was like one of the world's biggest stars. Sure. So... You know, yeah, and kids if they got him. him on the box, I bet this game would have sold a lot more copies. Yeah, but like, you know, so that, I mean, I just think they're leveraging that. It is kind of an expensive cart, though, just so you know. Um, you know, carts are between like $50 and $80 Jeez. Um, at, Jeez. The, at the minimum. <laughs> like as, as, as high as $100 in some cases they've sold for. Box copies, you know, reaching from $180 to $300 for very nice complete ones. So just know that that's what you're getting into on Conan. Guys, if you're still collecting loose NES and you're like, and you're not like 90% of the way there, like reconsider if it is, if it's worth it, if it matters at these prices, I like cards cause they're cheap paying a hundred dollars for Conan on NES, a game that's awful and no one cares about. Oh, like not that there won't be games that you have to do that for when you're getting a set, but just like, man, these dicey games have really been going up in price. They sure have. Now, let, let's get into the next one, though. Die Hard. Um, probably the first game I think of when I think of R-rated NES movies. Uh, one of the most historically, collectively interesting games. This has always been at, like, the upper tier of uncommon NES games. It's not, like, super rare, but people have always paid a lot of money for this. Uh, 1991 game based on the 1988 movie. So this game was released after Die Hard 2, but we're going to give him a pass on that because... It, it, it is based on, like, Nakatomi Plaza. You're playing Bruce Willis in the in the building. There are three different games for Die Hard. There's a Commodore version, a TurboGrafx version, and an NES version. Uh, completely different games, all developed entirely separately. That's my fun fact about Die Hard. And it's like $150 for a cartridge and $400 complete in box now. Oof. Uh, cool game. Uh, collectible okay, so, game i will say because like i don't my opinion of what is collectible is like if people thought it was collectible like 15 years ago then i'm like yeah okay that's a collectible game if people have decided it's a worthless game that will be collectible now i'm like usually hesitant like i don't know about this game guys yeah i, I it's weird but we're kind of stuck in that old bubble right because we've been doing Absolutely. it for too long so you know that it's so just something I, to be aware like that's the point of my video like i'm not trying to adapt to the market like a little bit i'm adapting to the market in what i buy but since new people are coming in and trying to say this is the new important thing i'm just disregarding everything that everyone's saying and deciding for myself what i think are the important things to buy agreed okay 
So agreed. And you're buying with... uh, <laughs> GBA games that come with toys. The important things yeah. to buy. Well, to be fair, you know, I've always loved those things. Oh, I, no, I know. Like, you, I, yeah, I, I you can look at my collection. It's very fun. Yeah, like, you can see my collecting is consistent. I collect set stuff, and then I collect weird variants with little things in them, little doodads, because I like that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, and then if it looks like it could be a Halloween game, I also buy those. Um, and I've expanded my borders on that. Yeah, I've even bought computer game stuff, which is weird. It's a weird world for me now, Tower. But I just want things that like look like it. Halloween. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying to show you big box games that you have to buy. I will buy. I already have a save search for Mystery House. Ooh. Uh, well, okay. Come on. <laughs> you. If you win a Mystery House, I will be very impressed. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, but I mean, it's also now on my radar, which is a thing that was not before, right? I guess. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, because I. Apparently, am a shill for Mel Gibson. Here's Lethal Weapon. Uh, I don't know why I keep getting Mel Gibson. Um, anyways, so this is kind. Of, this is kind of a late release game. The film came out in 1987. This game came out in 1982. But this game is not based on a single Lethal Weapon film. This is more based on the series. Like you can even see um, Joe Pesci's character Leo Getz is on the box art, kind of peeking back from like. Uh, you know, Glover and Mel Gibson, he's like in the back of them, real annoying character, Lethal Weapon were like a big franchise, it even got a TV series like not so long ago, so I guess Lethal Weapon is still uh, a big driver, anyways, um, a CIB on this game is about 80 bucks, and then it goes up to about 150 be careful. Like for some reason, on a lot of the games we just talked about, the only good ones are power up video game ones, and we'll talk about power up video games a little bit later and why anything from them should be taken with a grain of salt. Power so, up video games he, sucks. They suck. do suck. They it sucks suck. that they have the only copy available of some games that I want, but you still you should be a hundred percent desperate if you're buying anything from power up video games. Yeah, like it should be the only copy and then has been the only copy for a year. And then yeah. like, I get it. You know, that's that's and when you like that. fold. But then I get it and they ship it in a bubble mailer and it's worse condition than the photo. All of their oh. photos show better condition games than what they actually ship out. Yeah. Well, and they also have their own skill. We'll we'll cover it in, in a minute. But um, you should know just hunt power up video games this is a quick tip in case I forget to say it later. They will ship to you in a bubble mailer unless you pick in the checkout option the higher shipping. So, cause they like to advertise free shipping, but if you add $2, they'll ship it in a box, but you have to select it. It does not matter if the game is $500, they will ship it in a bubble mailer. And then if you're like, this was damaged cause you shipped in a bubble mailer, they'll tell you, well, you should have it shipped in a box, even though it is their job to get you the game in the condition it is showed. So F all of you eBay people who think that that is not true. It is your job to pack it well enough that it arrives to me in a nice condition. So be considerate with your price. If you can't, if you, if you feel like free shipping isn't the thing to do because you, that's like build, like build the shipping into your price or don't do free shipping and just put like an absorbent amount of shipping. So everyone knows they're going to get a game in the right. It is less of a headache. No one wants to fight for 20 or 30 minutes or a couple days with someone, you know, which could have been prevented for three extra dollars. That's all I'm saying. Just yep. general. They're, they're destroying CQR. the condition of games they send out. They are yep. power. I, I am pro reseller. Like if you are someone going to thrift stores and garage sales and selling games, you find they're like hundred percent. You were doing a service to the hobby. Power of video games is a plague on the hobby. Yeah, they, they are. 
well, I got a story. So we'll, we'll like I said, we'll get we'll, later. I got desperate and I made a mistake, but, um, yeah, lethal weapon card is 40 bucks. Uh, if you want to play a lethal weapon game, you can play uh, Hideo Kojima's Police Knots on the Sega Saturn and probably a bunch of other stuff. Because uh, and that's a far more interesting and collectible game. It 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 is. It's uh it is a total lethal weapon. It's like lethal weapon in space, kind of. So yeah, and really, the main can, characters are like hundred percent ripoffs of. Uh, I think uh, you can play it on PS One Japanese too. Oh sure, yeah. I, so I forgot. Like one of the versions was recently translated. Not recent. It was like a couple years ago now. But uh, yeah, there was a translated version one, and then the better version got translated a while afterward. I don't remember. Anyway, I played Police Sad. Knots. Eh, it's not really worth playing. It's nowhere near as good as Snatcher. No, that that's my recommendation. Like, eh, it's an okay lethal weaponish thing. That's an okay lethal weapon and not a good Snatcher. Go play Snatcher. There go you play go. Snatcher. Snatcher is so good. Johnny, you just got a Mel Gibson game. I'm gonna get uh, the Terminator. <laughs> Which, uh, okay, Terminate, the Terminator on NES, 1992 video game based on a 1984 movie. 1992, this game was released after Terminator 2. They made a Terminator 1 video game. And this wasn't the only platform it was released on, because I'm just thinking now, they made the Sega CD version of the Terminator, and there was never a, a T2 on Sega CD. It's crazy to me that this exists. Like, they thought... It was so important to go back to the 1984 movie after the sequel was released. It's so maybe weird. The, the first one just did well, or like projected numbers were good, and they're like, let's keep capitalizing. Sure. Wait, were they made? Were Judgment Day and Terminator made by the same company, though? They probably weren't. Uh, I don't remember. Who made Terminator? I only know who made T2, because I can't remember. Um, you look that up, Johnny. I will mention that up. in 1990, Journey to Silius was supposed to be a Terminator game, uh, but then they lost the license for whatever reason, which is weird because people like Journey to Silius. Uh, man, Sun, Sunsoft, this is another Sunsoft, like, it was Sunman and now we got this. Wait, did Sunsoft make Terminator? Uh, no, the Journey to Silius. Oh, which yeah, they were. so they made Journey to Silius. Yeah, they're kings of losing licenses, <laughs> Sunsoft. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about the Terminator, besides its weird release date, uh, $40 cartridge, I'm going to four to $600 complete in box. Like Terminator complete in box is up there. That blew my mind when you told I me I did this. not know it was, uh, that up there. Uh, power up video games has one in good shape for $390. Um, and just a spoiler power Up video games. They say everything is in great shape. Great shape means completely wrecked. So if something is in good shape, it's like not even worth looking at. But yeah. Uh, by the way, this was done by Mindscop, Mindscop, Mindscape. But if you look at the uh, splash screen when you start the game, it does say Sunsoft. Oh, that's interesting. So they made Journey to Silius and then they're just like, yeah, we're, we're just going to do it again two years later. We'll make the actual Terminator game. And yeah, it's, I haven't I played it. It's probably way worse than Journey to Silius. Um. Oh wait, uh, this might be this Sunsoft one might be someone. Oh, oh they I hacked think the together splash, the. Yeah, I think the they hacked it together. That, that makes sense. Yeah, disregard, disregard, disregard everything Johnny just said. Also, we haven't been going over uh, who makes all these games. If it's not an LJN game and it's not a British computer game like an Ocean game, it's probably Mindscape. Like those yeah. companies are the ones who put out all of these games. 
And well, that and Sony Imageworks is another big player, but Sony Imageworks, they worked with a lot of different people. So even if it says Sony Imageworks or Mizey, it like they farmed out the development to someone else. Usually. And like we've, we've talked about it before. So um, the first game we were talking about Jaws, that was Atlas, but they subcontracted, subcontracted it to Westone. But like Friday the 13th, it is developed by Atlas. And I don't know enough about development that either means like Atlas guys actually made it or they just subcontracted it out to some other company because those subcontractors weren't credited. This right. Old video games, a nightmare. Thank God Moby Games exists to try to keep some of this straight. But uh, I don't know how much uh, is unknowable. Uh, you know, what? I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about T2 Judgment Day as well. But Tyler... Oh, because you don't care about Jeff Fallen music, Johnny? Because that's the only thing interesting I have to say about T2 Judgment Day. Also, I need to walk out of the room for two minutes. So if you want to talk about that... I'll try to talk about this for one minute. Let's see. Uh, T2 Judgment Day, the 1992 video game, same same year as Terminator, uh, based on the 1991 movie. Software Creations game. I love Software Creations only because I love bringing up that they made Blaster Master 2 on the Sega Genesis, one of my most nostalgic childhood games. Uh, but also importantly, uh, Software Creations employed the Fallen Brothers, uh, Tim Fallen, one of the most notable chiptune composers, I think. If you don't know Tim Fallen, uh, I will just say look up Pictionary and Silver Surfer to keep it on NES because everyone here collects for the NES. Uh, Silver Surfer and Pictionary, two of the best soundtracks on NES. Uh, horrible games, but uh, Tim Fallen knows how to make uh, chiptune music. Jeff Fallen, his brother... I believe makes music in a similar style, uh, just based on the T2 soundtrack. And I don't want to diss Jeff Fallen music here. Not as good as Tim Fallen music, but uh, still some very, very good NES music. It's a $10 cartridge. T2 is everywhere. It's $50 complete in box. Make sure you get the poster. This is not a beloved game. (laughs) I I say, make sure you get the poster. This is not a beloved game. Like, that's part of it, but just no one cares about the T2 game. Considering how mega blockbuster t2 as a movie uh did not have good video game like the arcade game it's memorable everyone played it but it's not good i guess i'll go back to an earlier point dirty harry uh, another mindscape game was not made by data east who made the pinball machine if someone knows why there's a 1990 dirty harry video game and i believe a 1995 dirty harry pinball machine what is going on there Oh, that wasn't it. That was a Williams pinball machine. Am I out of my mind? Oh my god! Williams made Dirty Harry. To be clear, Williams like maybe the most beloved pinball manufacturer, especially of the '90s. That's the coveted era of pinball machines, and one of them is Dirty Harry. Like they also made Johnny Mnemonic, which is weird, weird premise to make a pinball machine on. But man, that Johnny Mnemonic game, super good. Does not matter what license you get for a pinball machine if it plays well. You guys want to talk about pinball machines? There's a, there's a RoboCop pinball machine, I believe, from 1988. That one, I'm almost sure, is Data East. Let's look it up together, though. That is, a, oh, it's a 1989 pinball machine from Data East. Not a, not a good game. I believe it has a jump. There's a ramp in the back where it jumps from one habit trail to another habit trail. And uh, if your game is not set up properly, it won't make that jump, and it takes all the fun out of the pinball machine. And hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy some some pinball machines, I'm just gonna say, buy a newer Stern. If if you're like the graphics whore of video games and you just want like the newest, flashiest stuff, the Stern games, 
they play very long, which is not something I prefer. I like shorter games, but those games are very flashy. They'll have a license you like. They got all bells and whistles. But man, if you are into some real pinball, get yourself a 90s Williams game or like an 80s Bally game. Get something nice and difficult. Don't get, don't get RoboCop because you like RoboCop. Don't get some stupid Data East game, some Sega game because it says Star Wars on it. You want to get like the shittiest license you can. You want to get Congo. There's a Congo pinball machine by Williams. It's fucking awesome. Johnny Mnemonic, awesome. The Shadow. Did you already talk about the, the shadow? shadow? We're just talking about pinball machines here, Johnny. We're, we're I'm trying to think of something to talk about while uh, we're the waiting Dracula for you to come pinball back. I went to pinball the, buying advice. Yeah, the Dracula pinball machine, also pretty cool. Uh, Dracula, uh, excellent pinball machine. Uh, one to really work on your skills because... Uh, the, the most important skill, I think, to learn in pinball is making specific shots. And in Dracula, you want to stack your multiballs in a particular way. And an important thing to do is to not shoot one of your multiballs while you're waiting to build up the first two multiballs. Because you want to start all three together. So if you're just flailing away in, uh, in Dracula, you won't do as well as if you're actually making the shots you're trying to make. Important skill to build, Johnny. Very tough game, too. Oh. Anyway, what right. were we even talking about? I, we were talking about <laughs> I like T2. just started rambling off for no reason. Yeah. No, I, you were going to talk about T2, and then I was going to come back. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, T2 doesn't matter. Don't buy it. You can talk right. about RoboCop 3 now, Jamie. RoboCop 3. All right. 1992 game based on... Uh, how does this make sense, Tyler? What? You, you tell it, me how it makes this. sense. It's a 1992 it's a video game based on a 1993 movie, and it was released before the movie. <laughs> Wow. I I think that just shows really how much RoboCop 3 doesn't matter. Because they wouldn't do that with like the Avatar 2 game. But they're like, ah, RoboCop 3, ah, ship yeah. it, we got it. I'm not going to hold on to this. And then it says computer version started development in 1990. That's, this is crazy. That's when RoboCop 2 was released, just to keep our timeline straight. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a $200 CIB game uh, with a poster. The crazy thing, though, is that you know, RoboCop 3 has like a lot of appeal in the collector's market. I don't know how this happened or why, but people are aware of its existence. Unlike RoboCop 1, which they kind of ignore, and same with kind of RoboCop 2, but RoboCop 3, people are interested in. So, uh, you know, be careful on RoboCop 3. You have anything you want to add about RoboCop 3? Not really. You already said it that the high end collectors want it for whatever reason. I guess it's rare sealed. Um, yeah. my thing I found while looking up stuff for this episode, there is a DOS RoboCop 3 game. It's a first person driving game. Don't know why Which that exists. Kind of Didn't know it existed. Someone go play it and tell me yeah. how bad it is. If you want a cart, you're looking about 40 bucks. Okay. So cool. Just you cart collectors. Um, just not, so that's not know. terrible compared to some of these other carts, Johnny cliffhang Johnny cliffhanger is a $50 cartridge. I'm looking at our next thing. What is going on? Cliffhanger, Sly Stallone. a real weird one. Uh, 1993 game based on the 1993 movie. Um, so, you put very late release here. In my opinion, uh, NES, so Super Nintendo came out in 1991. If you weren't like a cool kid, you probably had your Nintendo into 1992. Plenty of games released through 1992. If you didn't get a Super Nintendo for Christmas of 1992, you are officially an uncool kid. And I'm going to say basically any NES game from 1993 onwards is a late release for the NES, which Cliffhanger yeah, would be one of them. Yeah, but it was also late 
1993 standards because it actually came out in November. The yeah. uh, the Super Nintendo one came out in October, but the NES one was delayed until November. Also, just something for you guys to be aware of: there are a lot of these games here that are that like Cliffhanger, um, Alien Three, which we'll talk about soon. But they like came out in this window where they're also on the Super Nintendo, so they're like kind of early-ish Super Nintendo, but late Nintendo. So just be aware of that. And a lot of them also had releases on like the Amiga ZX Spectrum, like, you know, Game Gear, Genesis. So a lot of these games cross a broad pool, but we are very, very intently just focusing on NES. So in case anyone was curious why we are avoiding talking about the multiple iterations of these games, because we just want to talk about the... the NES set the NES. is the cool one to collect just because it's NES. Right. I mean, I don't. There's a, there is an R-rated SNES set and Genesis set. I've just never actually and, thought about it. Well, and the and the SNES set is is much less. So where this is like twenty three games, the Super Nintendo set is probably seven or less. Okay. All right, t- we'll say ten or less. I'll hedge a little, but it, yeah, it's going to be lower than that. But you're going to get like Dracula, Alien, Cliffhanger, um, T two, uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, I can just go through, not Darkman, uh, not Total Recall, not Mad Max, no Nightmare on Elm Street, no Friday the 13th, no Untouchables, no Predator, no Robocop, Jaws. So I think I mentioned them, and that's less than 10. And then it probably has like a couple that are unique to the Super Nintendo, but not many, because by that time, Nintendo was cleaning up like what kind of games were allowed to be released because of, you know, going to Congress and being kind of whiners. Robocop versus Terminator? That kind of counts. Yep. yep. Predator versus Alien kind of counts. We did it. That's uh, that's your microcast. So you want to collect Super Nintendo R-rated movie games? Hey, woo. Anyways, tell tell me more about Cliffhanger. I I know nothing about Cliffhanger. Uh, well, it's, it's a Sylvester Stallone it's movie. Fifty dollar card, two hundred fifty to four hundred complete, Johnny. Do you want to see John Lithgow as as a villain? Do you want no. to see Sylvester Stallone <laughs> hang? Um, do you want to see like Sylvester Stallone like hanging from like icy peaks with uh, you know just climbing gear? So yeah, I've man. never seen Cliffhanger, but uh, all the footage of that movie I've seen is literally Sylvester Stallone hanging on a cliff. Is it that on the nose, Johnny? Uh, yeah. So, God, what happens to that movie? Uh, mind you, I have seen this once, and I saw it in theaters in uh, in its release. So, nineteen ninety three in nevada in a very tiny theater i think the plane crashes or something or he or uh sylvester Stallone crashes the plane on the mountain or that's where the base i don't remember but there's a lot of things that happen uh, basically all on this mountain and but he's also like mostly shirtless too a lot of it so it's it's real weird (laughs) i didn't even realize that like he is he is not dressed appropriately to be climbing like alpine mountains yeah so I guess Anyways. movies don't really have to make sense, Johnny. No, no, they don't. But uh, yeah, tell us how expensive this late release game is. I already did. You missed did you it. You $400 for a CB- CIB? Yep. Yeah, it's expensive. It's getting harder to find. But the Super Nintendo one is like relatively common. Weirdly, this was when I was like starting back up in video games. I had like before I was even collecting video games, just like in a box of like your child things. I don't know why, but I had a CIB uh, cliffhanger. I think I like maybe found it at a garage sale or something before I was, cause I was like 16 or something probably when I picked that up. Like the only box stuff 
or the only Nintendo game stuff that I even had from my childhood or even my teenage years was like a couple of Super Nintendo games, uh, my Final Fantasy 2 and my like Super Nintendo. And then like this, like in my mid-20s when I started collecting was this weird-ass, complete, nice version of Cliffhanger. Huh. So, yeah. Cliffhanger stands out to me. It's like I saw it in the theater. I had a weird CIB. It's one of my oldest CIB copy games. Yeah, I don't know why. Cliffhanger. As a kid, I would only keep the cardboard box if it was just like a really nice box. So like Pokemon Stadium and Star Fox 64, it's like, oh, man, these are nice boxes. I don't want to throw these out. So those are the boxes I had. And like Sega Genesis stuff, because those are all nice. Yeah, like that. You know, uh, the only other box I had so was Star Wars on the Super Nintendo, Super Star Wars. Important and weirdly, the man as a, as a Star Wars fan, John. Yeah, and like weirdly, a Star Wars manual. I still have them. They're they're still together. So I've got the Super Star Wars box and manual, and then I have the Nest Star Wars manual in that box as well. Weird. They're just like folded flat, and they're just sitting in there. And I found them in a box of my stuff, and uh, you know, I've had them since the mid nineties. Is it JVC or copies. THQ, Johnny? JVC. Mm, good taste for a teenager there. Well, I think I got it around release okay. because it was Star Wars. Anyways, no one cares. Let's let's talk about Alien Three. Let's talk about something people care about, Johnny. Alien Three, uh, the yeah, beloved so, Alien movie. After two kind of mediocre movies in uh, Alien and Alien Two, uh, the mediocre horror movie and the mediocre horror action movie, they really uh, turned up the fire on Alien Three. Nah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, was that yeah, a joke okay. is it gets burned at the end uh, yes okay i got it okay. I, I picked <laughs> okay. up what you yeah. put down yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah it, it's not <sighs> alien 3 not a great film could be worse um could be prometheus fight me prometheus fans that movie is garbage it's prometheus. garbage in so it's, many ways oh i will tell you all the ways that that is actually a horrible movie come at me and let me blow your mind with how terrible that film is come at me don't talk to me about beautiful cinematography that storyline is garbage damon lindelof is a crime against humanity that movie should be put in the garbage okay get out of here with your prometheus bullshit. all right sorry uh, uh prometheus no, makes me we, let's make this podcast about how prometheus is a bad movie i'm i'm totally on board it's a movie <laughs> yeah. about some scientists going to space and they only meet each other they meet each other after cryosleep this wasn't some years-long planned trip. They just put some scientists on a ship. They wake up, and then they start having to introduce themselves to each other, John. Yeah, and then, like, being totally weird. Like, let's talk about the scientist who's afraid of everything, but then finds the alien eggs, and then is like, sees one open up, and he's like, oh, come here, cute Let little baby. put my face up close to this. Yeah. Also, what you know the- why he can put his face up close to this? Because they take their helmets off across the universe because they're just like, nah, it feels like it's safe. Because scientists and space explorers would do that. Yeah. Also, the the head scientist, the guy who's been out here this whole time, like waiting for this moment, he suddenly becomes like a weird psycho. He's like, yeah, okay, I think all this is fine. Uh, I'll just suddenly not be a scientist anymore and just go on my gut feelings now. Like, this movie is such dog And then like the creators that they find, so stupid, right? Also like... If you find in your life, if you ever go to some weird space and you see weird looking egg pods that are like glistening and slimy, I don't know. Maybe don't go by them. Maybe leave. (laughs) 
Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe have enough scientific equipment with you to kind of maybe find out if you should be looking at those things. It's that whole movie is ass night. Look, I can suspend my disbelief for a lot of things, but that movie is such trash. It hurts my feeling. And also the creators look really stupid. So get out of my face. I like pro wrestling. So when I can't enjoy something because it's so stupid and unbelievable, then it means it's really stupid and unbelievable. The cave mapping guy got lost in the cave. They brought him across the universe. It was like an expedition plan, but like the richest guy on planet Earth, right? And he, he must have got like the best cartographer on f***ing planet Earth. And he got lost in a cave. Johnny, that's so stupid. stupid. Tyler, I'm glad you were with me on this. So my friends and I went, we saw this movie and we're like, uh, how do you feel about that? And we're like, eh. And then as we started to talk about it and talk through it, it got worse and worse and worse. And now when we talk about it, it's just so it, it went from like, uh, I don't know, to like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Trash. Compare it to like Total Recall, one of the best science fiction movies yeah. ever. You have so to have good. the science part in science fiction. It's half the thing of science fiction. Science. Yeah, like. I, hey, Quaid going and then like yanking a tracking device out of his nose, weird cloning facilities, losing your, your memory, uh, you know, colonies on Mars. I'll take it. I, I bought in. I'm completely with you. Three boob ladies. Sure. I, is she an alien? I don't know, but she got three boobs. Cause I guess she's a mutant. Mm. All right. That's cool. Why is she a mutant? Not exactly sure. Mars radiation. Doesn't matter to me. This is an interesting movie. Prometheus. Not it is, uh, it is pretentious garbage. It's just, Express so it's pretentious garbage. It puts out a bunch of questions and then doesn't answer them. And people automatically are like, wow, it's so deep. It didn't answer all the questions. It's just like, fuck, yeah. you can't just not connect any dots and be like, wow, this movie can be whatever you want. It's it David be. Lindelof. He is the problem. He like JJ Abrams and him wrote the end of lost, right? Like he was a, a head writer and so I put everything on David Lindelof. Uh, like Ridley Scott clearly effed up here. Also, like trying to pretend this wasn't an alien movie when it is an alien movie. So stupid. Just, oh, ugh, ugh. No, I want none of it. Anyways, Alien. Uh, that's our a, show, guys. Thanks for yeah, coming that's to it. the Prometheus podcast. The Prometheus sucks. Fight us podcast. Uh, yeah, 1999, 1992 game. Um, our film, the Genesis came out. Game came out in '92, but. The NES version didn't come out till 1993, just so you know, on Alien 3. Late release um, alert! Yeah, whoop whoop! Late release. Uh, CIB's $150. It's a $40 cart, though, so you're like in that weird, like, yeah, I should probably just buy a CIB version. Also, there's only one good copy for sale, and unfortunately, it's our friends at Power Up Video Games, who can go eat you know, a I, bag of baby poop. I think they if it's a hundred dollars more, I could see buying the cartridge. If it's like three times the price, but when it's only well, double I, the price, that's when it like just doesn't make sense yeah. for me to buy a cartridge. Well, I mean, it's like anyway. 40 or a hundred dollars. Like if you're going to get a nice cart and then like medium box and instructions for a hundred dollars, like maybe just make that jump. I sure. I mean, in this game, it's like pretty hard to find complete at all. So this would yeah. not be a no brainer. I don't think considering the only one for sales from power at video games, which is literally the nightmare scenario. Yep. All right. Tell me about tell me about another bad movie that I can defend. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Johnny. But that but that's like a book from the nineteenth century. I thought. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, it's gothic it's horror. Dracula is. It's gothic horror. It it's it's old enough. Um, All right. Uh, nineteen ninety two movie. That's a Keanu Reeves movie, right? It is a Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder and Anthony Hopkins ah. and most importantly Gary Oldman. Hmm. 
But 1993 you know, video game. Keanu Reeves is also an action star. So like everybody in all these things was just like an action star. So it's weird. This is a this is a sixty dollar cartridge. Like this is a late release, but like I see this game around. Uh, uh, but find it on the box. The, finding the box is pretty challenging. Sure. And then hundred to two hundred dollars complete in box. I guess it's all over the place. Made by Travelers Travelers Tell Games. Johnny, yep. not Tail. Uh, I think I spelled it wrong. Made yeah. by Travelers Tail Games. Uh, yeah. Who made Travelers Tail Games now? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they basically this was the second game they made, and then they like you know somewhere around mid nineties, late nineties when they started making Lego games. Like they just. Yeah, that's what they do now. But this was one of their first games. So I thought that was cool because I always see it, you know, Lego. And uh, this is not Lego. Are they European? I don't know. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> there's like... You could almost tell sometimes, especially with games from the 80s and 90s, like Europeans, Americans, and Japanese uh, make games in such different ways. Like the, the, the classic thing to make fun of with European games is they like having... Uh, water droplets fall from the ceiling that hurt you for some reason i don't know what was going on in europe that that became a hazard but european games love doing that i hate that oh, i hate that because i kind of don't like european games uh because they never feel as good as japanese games i don't know anything about this uh nes version of dracula though i have played the sega cd version which uh not a quality game johnny not a quality no, game oh. So, uh, again, a lot of these games that are in this crossover time frame between Genesis and Super Nintendo, um, they also like typically got Sega CD releases, too, where they added a couple extra modes. Like, Cliffhanger is a Sega CD game, which got a couple extra things. Like, there's just... Like, the Sega C CD game compared to the Genesis game like were usually mostly the same, except the Sega CD game added one aspect that only the Sega CD could do or something. So, uh, so again, the, just... Uh I haven't played the Genesis version. There's no way they did this on the, the Genesis. So like the Sega CD game is a platformer, but the background is entirely pre-rendered. So it's a, okay. it's a video file that play. It's a, like a platformer game, but the video file plays as the background as you're walking left to right, which it okay. looks amazing, but like the hit detection is garbage because that's how they did it. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but, but yeah. That, I mean, the cool thing is like, there are a load of these Dracula games, but they're all either entirely different like Sega CD versus NES like they're not even remotely the same game uh or the platforms make them different enough where it's interesting to have them all whereas you know an Xbox One X Series X versus a PlayStation 5 game versus a computer game they're all going to be the exact same thing that's why collecting modern stuff just is not nearly as interesting to me I agree yeah because before it used to be like now games when it's a you know, cross-platform game. It's just all the same stuff. Unless it was like the 3DS version or whatever. But now that's, um, yeah. you know, back then it was, you got different experiences. And uh, which even like Game don't Boy and, and GBA, like uh, a lot of times there are games that have the same box art as another game, but they're a different game. And it's like, it's a totally secret. different game. <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh, uh, that's it for the R-rated set. 23 games. And now we have a couple of other ones we'll let you decide on. That don't bring your kids back into the room yet. Uh, we do have some bonus games to talk about. Johnny, you wanted to bring up Cool World, which is decidedly not an R-rated movie game. It's a PG-13 game. It is PG-13. It's just a raunchy PG-13 movie. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just like a weird... Like there's... If you don't know about Cool World, it's about uh, Holly Wood, um, 
who is the main character, who's an animated version of Kim Basinger, and uh, Brad Pitt is in it, and it was directed by uh, uh, Bashke, so who did like the Hobbit movies and like Flight of Dragons and stuff, like Rankin and Bass movies. This, this is Bashke. It's it's him. So, uh, oh god, who's uh, the, the lead in Usual Suspects is like a guy fresh out of jail and like, but he's like an animator and he animates, there's like an animated world that exists in a parallel to the real world. And she wants to become real. And so she like gets through the world and you can pull people back. It's, it's weird. And it's like a little bit sexualized. There's just some like strange stuff going on in this movie. Um, there like definitely was a cut of this version that was probably R and then got pulled down to whatever that, it is. That seems like it must have, <laughs> like I can't imagine a world where that wasn't the case. Yeah. So that's why I put it in the questionable, like, especially the way they draw Kim Basinger was like, you know, Kim Basinger, uh, when you talk about like early crushes, people talk about like their sitcom crushes for me because of Batman. It was like in 89, it was like Kim Basinger was everything. So they made a cool world movie. I was, I was there for it and regretted it. Yeah. Not uh, great. Okay, movie. I'm on the Wikipedia page of Cool World. Absolutely, this was written for an R rating, and then Paramount's like, "How about PG-13 for this fucking movie?" Like, yeah. it, it doesn't work as a PG-13 movie. It's such no. a weird adult theme. Yeah. So, like, one of the neat things about it is it has like this, like the old school animation from like 40s and 50s cartoons, like laced over it. But also, the animation doesn't make any sense. It was like they just threw animation over scenes, like in absence of like what was going on in the script or happening. Also, there's like, there's stories of this movie about how shitty the production was and like how many things had to change. But anyways, yeah. Cool world is a game that I, it's like your secret R rated pick, you know? So if you want one, you could add it to this set. It definitely was supposed to be like officially it's PG 13, but like, come on. I'm guessing that's pretty uncommon on NES. Cause who would buy that? Uh, I know it's uncommon on game boy. Yeah, it, it's a harder game to find uh, in both. I can look it up real quick um, if you want to tell the people about the next game. Uh, I just wanted to shout out Golgo 13. It's, free, I mean, it's based on manga, but uh, there was a Golgo 13 movie, uh, maybe multiple Golgo 13 movies, uh, released before this game was released. And it is violent and full of sex and rape and people's eyeballs exploding and just horrible things. Um strange property to base Nintendo game on infamously. There is a scene where the character has sort of, uh, has implied sex. Uh, he meets up with someone in a hotel and then there's a scene where like the lights go out. Uh, great game. One of my favorite NES games. Uh, I don't think anyone else actually likes it. Um, Golgo 13 might be one to bring up. Johnny, you still looking stuff up? Uh, well, I can tell you. So it, the, the poster for this game is, um, a little uncommon. Like, I, I see copies with the poster on Nest, but it, I'm not sure if it's the exact same poster that came with the Super Nintendo one, because it's on both uh, systems. A little hard to find. It's about a $200 game, though. Um, the carts are a little less, you know, but not enough less. So, like, if you find a Cool World cart, like, it's pretty uncommon. It's like a $100 cart, at least. And I see people listing it for like close to 150, but sometimes the game sells for 200. Sometimes it sells for 400. So just be careful when you're buying this game, if you want this game. And then like, if you want a sealed one, there's one for a thousand or best offer. 
But uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's a really weird movie. I don't think I ever played the game, though, so I would be curious to see what kind of game it actually is. Sure. And then, uh, so the Game Boy version, there's one on eBay, zero in solds. There's like a, an okay CIB for $400. Uh, and the way I remember that that's a hard game to find is because Cool Ball is one of the hardest games to find on Game Boy. And I remember that both of the cool games are pretty hard to find. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the Game Boy one gets the same poster. So I just, yeah, it's like, I, I'm is wondering it if it's in the same uniform. dimensions, though. Yeah, I think so. Um, so just look out for that. Temple of Doom, Johnny. Why is this on the list? Because Indiana uh, Jones so is this, violent? Well, because this is actually a, a PG movie, but it was like one of the games they made the case for pg-13 i don't think it's an r-rated game i just thought it's interesting to just bring up because it is kind of violent and it's got some horrible like scenes in it you know kind of scary for kids uh it's a weird like it's not weird that they made a game for it is indiana jones like of course they were going to try and make a game for it it's sad that they didn't do a good job on any platform that they put it on including arcades you know it's also if you don't know and this like as a kid really threw me off, but temple of doom is, is comes technically before Indiana Jones and Raiders of the lost Ark. So it's a prequel. It's it first one. Then this is, you know, second one comes up, but it's technically time frame before that. So, so, you know, if you're wondering why they don't line up, that's why, because as a kid, I was like, why does this doesn't make sense to me? And then I learned as an adult that it was supposed to be a prequel. Uh, sure. Indiana Jones, fun fact. Good fun fact. Bad bonus game because I know it's PG, but it would clearly be a PG-13 movie. And Last Crusade was a PG-13 movie. Those movies are fun. They're not that violent. Great movies. Um, well, God's- like if, if, hold on. If Last Crusade is PG-13, how does Temple of Doom compare to Last Crusade? Like uh, way more violent, way I, yeah, scarier. You're right. I mean, no, it's there's just such, the ratings. There's so much violent crap. Mo- I'm, you're like making me think these days, would Temple of Doom be an R-rated movie? Like there's no No, way. I... No, I feel like I, our I ratings aren't just based on like, well, first of all, Americans, their tolerance for violence is unlimited, but it's also so much based on tone like that. The movies, the tone of Temple of Doom is not such that like it would horrify kids to the point where it has to be R, I think. But I don't know. Right. I don't know anything about rating movies. Movie rating sucks. Uh, get rid of PG-13. PG-13 is it. All it exists is to ruin movies, especially horror movies. I hate it. All right, let's talk about uh, this last one, or the, uh, these last two. Last Sorry. one. Well, we, we put the Godzilla games. So there's Godzilla and Godzilla 2 on NES, both uh, games that no one cares about or likes. Uh, we just basically want to point out that these exist. Uh, uh, we know sure. that. They do exist. So I don't think any of the Godzilla... Are there R-rated Godzilla movies? I don't know, I because I they were so old, like most of them. You know, yeah. old like B b movies i didn't know if they got r ratings i don't know enough about that but i just didn't want to be added by people being like godzilla you forgot those um like is shin godzilla an r-rated movie i don't know that's the second newest one right uh yes uh we can look it up but i'll talk to you about i want to know johnny but yeah there's no way like the early godzilla movies they're uh they're a little goofy and the r rating didn't exist back then and there were japanese movies but um more interestingly, Johnny, unless you have something to say about Godzilla and Godzilla 2. The Godzilla 2 is kind of expensive. Blues Brothers. PG-13 is, looks like their standard ratings for Godzilla movies. Okay. Uh, Godzilla 2000 on Game Boy Color, Johnny. Pick it up. Great game. 
Okay. Did I'm it. lying. Blues Brothers, a game that was on the list and we took it off the list. Uh, 1992 game. The movie came out in 1980. Looking into the game, it has nothing to do with the movie. So the movie is very specific. They're on a mission from God and they're going to save an orphanage. Uh, in the video game, they're just like going to a concert and running away from the cops. So it's just based on the band, the Blues Brothers. And, and I thought that bandit. was interesting. They're just like basic bandits. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a Titus uh, It's a weird game, movie. So you know they didn't make that many of them because it's bad. Uh, also a very collectible publisher, though. Uh, I mean, yes. Yes, because Titus games are generally hard to find. Um, if you're going to pick a hard-to-find publisher, pick Atlas or Treasure, someone who makes beloved hard-to-find games, or, like, niche hard-to-find games, not just bad games that didn't sell very well. That's my opinion. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's yes. a fact that they are hard-to-find. All right. Yep. And those are our bonus games. That's a $40 card, $75 complete. Go get Blues Brothers, I guess. It's got good box art. Cartoony. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, but yeah, Johnny, are we done? R-rated movie think, NES games? Yeah, I think that's it. So breezy two hours. Are twi- yep. Um, you know, there there was twenty three games with a few bonus ones. Really, I would count Cool World uh, of that list, and probably and maybe Golgo thirteen. The rest I would ignore if you were like really looking at the set. Yeah, I guess you could argue for Blues Brothers if you really wanted to, because it comes from an R-rated property. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, so many of the games are like not. 100% based on the movies that you could probably throw Blues Brothers in there, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, Move on to the second part of the show, Johnny. Please the do. The second half of the show? Yeah, so nope. <laughs> <laughs> the second part of the show, yeah. This is the part where you tell me all the games you're playing, even though you kind of just told us uh, earlier. What What are you buying? What are you, what are you playing? Uh, oh, yeah. In Survivor, I was playing D-Force yesterday, Johnny. Uh, do you Have you ever played D-Force on Super Nintendo? I have. Ah, it's not great. Uh, so it's a sh- it's a 2D shooter. It's a vertical shooter. And uh, on some levels, it has two different planes of mode seven action where you can go like up and down. And I think it's the worst 16 bit shooter I've ever played. Ma- like it, I would say it's the worst shooter ever. But like I've played Atari games. There are worse shooters. Um, it is horrendous. It, it runs at like 10 frames a second. The hit detection doesn't work. Don't play D-Force. There's a reason D-Force is like a $0 game. What I'm buying, Jack. After all this time, yeah. What are you buying? Did you buy a lot of stuff? Um, no. But I bought two kind of cool things. No, you're not going to think one. I bought one kind of cool thing. Uh, so, did we talk about how the Video Game History Foundation put out their list of final... Not Video Game History. Like, the Strong Museum does it, I think. The, the Video Game Hall of Fame, whatever it is. They yeah. put out their list, and it's, like, exactly the games that I've been buying over the past two years. Like, Carmen Sandiego. Uh, I, I can't even remember what they had on there. Do you want Do you want me to actually bring up the list, Johnny? No, no. You can just tell me what you bought. Nope. We're bringing up the lists. Animal Crossing, Mattel Football, Flight Simulator, uh, StarCraft. It's, like, exactly what I'm buying. Uh, and then Guitar you know. Hero was one of them. And... Oh, no. Uh, this, did this influence your choices in purchasing? Absolutely. So it, what happened was I posted the list in the Discord, in the Collector's Quest Discord, patreon.com slash Collector's Quest. 
Uh, and I said, wow, look at this list. I have bought literally every non-arcade game on this list in the past two years. Except Guitar Hero, uh, my Which box you is... Own. What? But you own it already. I own it, but my box is garbage. And there was okay. one on eBay, like, nice box. Uh, guitar looked unused. Like, I still had, like, the styrofoam wrapped around the whammy bar. So it actually looked unused. And it was like 100 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to upgrade my Guitar Hero. Uh because it is technically an important rhythm game. I think Dance Dance Revolution is much more important. I'm a Dance Dance Revolution kind of guy. Uh, I kind of looked down on Guitar Hero because I'm so much ingrained in Japanese rhythm game culture. Uh, but I think it's interesting because it is an important rhythm game. Yeah, I can see that. Hold on. I have a visit from my son. Hi, Ooh. buddy. All right, Johnny, I have a this or that. So okay. one of the things you might have noticed happen uh, incessantly is people buying $20 games off eBay, sealed games, $20 sealed games, and then hyping them to the moon as $1,000 video games. Yep. One of the games this has happened with is the retail release of Guitar Hero, which has a UPC on the back. Because as everyone knows, the like the trilogy versions of like Grand Theft Auto and Devil May Cry, they were part of box sets, so they're worthless, right? Yeah, they, have, they say part of a box set on the back. But Guitar Hero came with a guitar originally. The original release of Guitar Hero is the box set release. The retail release is if you already had Guitar Hero 2 or 3 or 4 or 5, you would go buy the retail version of the game. So to me, the more interesting version is the big box version of Guitar Hero. Absolutely. I don't know. Because that's the, that's the thing. The, the other one isn't the thing. This is the thing. That's what we talk like, about, right? Like identifying what makes it the thing. The box set of GTA... Those ones aren't the thing. That's just a reproduction, like a very licensed reproduction of what the thing is, right? Uh, you know, create like if it, if I release uh, God of War on the PS5, that's not God of War. That that's not the thing. That's just a a yeah. simula a simulacrum of the thing. This is the thing. The Guitar Hero. I mean, guitar is in the name. You want you need the guitar. The only way to get the guitar at that point was to buy that. So. That is the thing. That is the first release. That's the one people want. But you can't send that to WADA. So so you can. So the thing is, uh, the for whatever reason, the part of a box set, sealed copies, they're like $10. They're like worth nothing. But not surprising because the, the retail copies were $20 a year ago. Um, but people all decided, let's hype up the UPC copy because that's the thing we did with every other game that comes in a box set. I don't know. Um, just one of those things where I, I looked at the market and I'm like, everyone's buying the wrong thing. And I'm not buying like a sealed thing, a sealed big box, but I did want a really nice one. Okay. More important story, Johnny. I got okay. Ninja Gaiden on the Play Choice 10, a new old stock copy. And again, okay. I buy new old stock Play Choice games because it's essentially the only way to get a box for a Play Choice game. No one is really keeping those boxes uh, when they open them. Johnny, this game... I will, it was, it's a $400 game. It's, I don't know if it's worth that, but to me, who has been looking for one for uh, maybe two years now, this was the first one I've seen come up. Uh, high end of play choice is like $250 to $350. So if I can stretch a little bit and not have to worry about it anymore, I'm just going to pay $400 for Ninja Gaiden. Okay, that's um, crazy, but all right, go on. So this guy was selling 15 play choice games. And I, I didn't, like, best offer him down. Paid the full price for this f***ing game. He put a 
a paper shipping label on it and uh, used packing tape to attach it to the play choice box and threw it in the mail. You should definitely be on his, the, the this guy's ass. Like, <laughs> Johnny, every single thing I buy, I say, I, I put a note and I say, uh, please ship in a sturdy box. Games get crushed or damaged in mailers. Thanks and cheers, Tyler. Uh, I say the thanks and cheers, so it seems like I'm foreign, so people are maybe think uh, they want to be nicer to me. Yeah, uh, you should def- you should be fighting this guy to the death. Johnny, I didn't include that message here because I thought it was impossible that it could possibly be shipped in a way that I would be unhappy with. Like, the Guitar Hero guy... He fucking built, like, I told him, he's like, oh, I got you, no problem. He built, like, a styrofoam prison around it and then a custom-sized box. Like, I could not believe how this $100 Guitar Hero game shipped. And then this but $500, $400 thing. $400 Ninja Shit. Guy, like, god damn it. Like, it's not even like I can open a case and uh, and get a return. Because I'm, I'm not going to spend another couple of years trying to find a Ninja Guy. And I know it's not the no, rarest you should, play choice you should game. contact, you should definitely contact this guy. Like, you should 100% Johnny, let him know that... Oh, it does I had not Snipes matter. and I won another auction from him. It was a Super C. Because I, I want a Super C to go with my contract. Also, he opened the Super C. He had it in New Old Stock, but he opened it to take pictures as an example for his auctions. Like, why Why would you not do that with, like, Tech Mobile or something? Anyway. Uh, Long story short, I spent an hour with uh, N. Heptane, uh, Bestine, and I fixed it up. It was probably the hardest... Uh, sticker removal job I've ever had to do. One, because packing tape is very strong. Two, play choice boxes are like porous cardboard boxes with yeah, paper tape on them. So the N-heptane will go through the play choice tape and this is a sealed copy. So I do not want that play choice tape coming off. Uh, so it took me about an hour to get this well, shipping but that, And also the type of tape that's on there will just naturally degrade over time and open. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's that, yeah, it's that paper packing tape. Uh, was this from Pastel Maui? That sounds correct. Is he the one who has... Did you just look for Play Choice games and find him? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this guy's a dummy. He, he props it up with a VHS tape. Um. Oh, so hold on. I don't want to throw him under the bus until I 100% confirm that <laughs> we're throwing the right guy under the bus here. Yeah, it's Pastel Maui. Yeah, of course it is, because he's got a bunch of stock on this stuff. Um, so. Oh, he's got more stuff. He put up new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking. I Ooh, only know he might have a, a big warehouse. I was watching. I'm I'm watching that Fester's Quest at ninety five dollars. Um, so a Fester's Quest sold for one hundred sixty dollars. I was the underbidder. Um, and I guess he has another one. Don't also don't me out, dog. Uh, uh, if you were in the Collector's Quest Discord, patreoncom slash Quest. Um, I did point out when he put up his Super Mario Brothers three, and I said. You know, try to get this for half price. He had like $600 on it, which I think is way too much. But I don't think 300 would be a terrible price for that. The first American release of Super Mario Brothers 3 in this day and age. Um, and the person who bought that bought it before I I post on Instagram, like, what the f*** happened to my Ninja Guidance? So this guy had Super Mario Brothers 3 new in box on Play Choice, and he definitely just shipped a, a, a shipping label on it. And, and sent it to the thing. Not even send a shipping label. It is much worse to have overlapping packing tape on a paper label than to just have a shipping label to worry about. It was horrible getting this thing off, Johnny. This and the, sounds awful. The problem, so the thing I know is going to happen, uh, I'm worried that the seller or the buyer of the Mario 3 who got it isn't going to be as good 
uh, getting off tape. Because, like, if you use Goo Gone on a Play Choice game, it would just be destroyed. It would soak into the cardboard. Uh, so either he is going to uh, poorly remove it, or he's going to return it, and then this seller is going to remove the shipping label and do a terrible job. So I'm worried that that game is just gone now. But we will see what happens. Anyway, that was that got me fired up, obviously. I, I this, see. This my, this, I spent an hour this morning getting the tape off that. Well, I'm glad you did some work on it. Um, uh, glad, glad it kind of came out all right, though. I'm sad. I still yeah, think it, you, you know it. It maybe I damaged it a little. It's it's hard to tell, but it, it came out pretty good. Um, you should still message him and tell him not to ship things like that. It's yeah, I did. So I I ended up buying another game from him because I, I already had Snipe set and I I didn't think about it. Um, and I said in my message like I'm I'm very disappointed. To ask to put this in the box. That's strong language for you. But hey, I got Ninja Gaiden on Play Choice Ten, Johnny. That, I might be the awesome. biggest Ninja Gaiden fan on the show. I know you love Ninja Gaiden. I might be the biggest Ninja Gaiden fan on the show. I'm very excited you about are, that. You're definitely the biggest Ninja Gaiden fan. Um, I'm going to give that to you. Thanks, no Jim. doubt. Yeah, sweet. I, I mean, I like very. I like a very specific Ninja Gaiden. I like Ninja Gaiden Black. That's that's the one I like best of all of them. It, not the original arcade game beat 'em up. Nope, definitely not that. Definitely not the TG16 one. I yeah, not into it. Johnny, um, what else did you, did you get buy? Anything? Oh, I bought. Are you done? Is that all you bought? Uh, yeah. Am I done? <laughs> it's like five hundred dollars worth of stuff, Johnny. I mean, I, I know it's crazy I, times. I, uh, wait, yeah, I, I wait till next week. I bought some some random GBA games. I you know I worked out a deal with Coffee with Mister Saturn who who you know has like a fair supply of GBA games and he found some stuff for me. So that was nice. Uh, I got like Blender Bros out of that. So that was pretty cool. That was one I wanted. Uh, King of Fighters 2. Like I got some like good GBA, like, like high end, more high end stuff, not like super high end, but like expensive, but not like the thousand dollar trash race game that you have to go buy. It's like high end, but also like kind of a cool title. So I, I felt good about those. Um, I also bought, you're going to love this one, Tyler. Uh, the Incredibles comic that comes in the G in the GameCube copy of the game. There's a comic book that comes in there. Great. I realized my copy didn't have it, so I, I found that. Um, I bought this game called Spellcasting 101. Uh, Sorcerers yeah. get all the girls because you told me to. <laughs> the, that's, it's it's I, basically I a Harry Potter game, Johnny. Come on. Yeah, it, it's uh, basically what it is. Is it's like um, it's softcore porn uh, text adventure. Uh, that shows nothing gives like heavy implications and like one screenshot um you know it's a sorcerer as he fumbles his way through college with these girls who he ends up in situations with but never winds up sealing the deal and i think this is a game i actually played in the 90s i, I told you about it I, i'm trying to isolate which game it could have been because it would have been uh in 1992 to 1990 or 1991 to 1990 i think uh, because I remember I was the summer uh, between eighth and ninth grade, and I didn't ever had a computer, but my friend, uh, he had a computer, and he was like showing me this game that was his dad's we weren't supposed to play, Ooh. and uh, and like I was just like, wow, this game is crazy. What is happening? Oh my god, that girl is not really dressed. Oh my, <laughs> you know this like in this one shot, but like and like two kids trying to play this in the like monitor and. A lot of reading because um, <laughs> it was a text adventure, uh, but we we also beat it. Like that was the other thing. Like once I started, especially back then, if I started playing a game, 
I became very emotionally invested in beating the game, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So I had to, I had to go beat it. Like where I was, uh, a, a focus on. So that was like that and Mist. I think are the two computer games I've ever like. I beat first. You know, uh, still in, considered in my childhood. So. Uh, All right. So cool, cool pickup. Sounds like Leisure Suit Larry. As a kid, I thought Leisure Suit Larry was a porn game. So I, I kept playing them and I'm like, when do I get to the porn? And it's just like, no, it's just an adult themed game. It's it's humorous, you idiot. But I couldn't understand yeah. that concept as a kid. Almost like a kid watching RoboCop who doesn't understand right. it's not just a stupid action movie. I mean, I, I think it's made by the guy who did Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, really? Uh, Steve Mertzke? Nope. nope, who did that? Oh, no, he did... Um, Leather goddesses of Phobos and oh, okay, uh, Zork, okay. Zero. Okay, and so yeah, I mean he he's he's a known entity in in that space. Oh That's all yeah, he's like an info and he did Hitchhikers. Guy. I didn't guy. even realize. Um, yeah, he did Hitchhikers. That's the other he did, thing. Yeah, Hitchhikers. Him. Yeah. Oh man, so, do I need to get spellcasting one hundred and one, Shani. I don't have I, that. I just told I, you to buy it. Yeah, so you should get it. And there's also spellcasting two hundred and one and three hundred. One so they're, they're, and there's a box set with all three of them that I believe is, is there, pretty rare. Well, finding two hundred one and three hundred one isn't easy. They they are way more expensive than one hundred one. One hundred one is kind of ubiquitous, easy to find, fun for a picture for Instagram. Um, but yeah, the box set and anything else is going to be pretty difficult. The other game I got, and let's talk about Power Up Video Games, where Johnny finally made his mistake, and I caved and bought Ice Nine for a price I <sighs> did not like. After, like, literally, there was the only box copy on eBay for a year. For a year, Tyler. For a reason. <laughs> right? Like, never came up. Like, it's possible I missed auctions, but this, I can never saw another one. The day I bought this, uh, like, I bought it, and literally 20 minutes later, someone posted one. <laughs> for less, like, condition-wise, about the same, but for about $70 less. I bought that one, too, because... I'm like, no, no one, no one can have ice nines. No, I, I bought that one because I knew a friend needed it. So I was no, like, you know no, what? It I'm sounds just... like a friend needs your power of video games copy. What happened no, with the both... power of video games? Great condition copy, Jeff. Yeah, well, they, I want you to know they are in the same shape. That's, that's the problem. This one oh. advertised itself as like, okay shape, but this one from power ups, I'm like, oh man, this box is going to be in great shape. He says great shape, right? Like. I, like, I knew to kind of avoid it. And, like, the first picture is a little blurry, right? I'm like, eh. The back of the box picture is, like, solid. You can see it. Like, oh, n this one's nice. Like, you can, like, the back of the box looks really nice, too. You're like, oh, okay. The manual looks good. The cart looks good. But that front picture, I was like, oh, did he just do it quickly? And this picture is blurry. No, they did that for a reason, and I just didn't know it. So it's got deep pen gouges. So the problem with deep pen gouges on a game, on a cardboard box, is because it doesn't, if it doesn't damage the art specifically, like if it doesn't separate the color, you can't really see it because pictures flatten out a three-dimensional image. So that gouge, which is just a big indentation, unless they get like a good shot of it, if it's like a straight top down, it, it's very hard to see. So this one had gouges all over it. It had a little tear that they didn't mention or show. Uh, the top by the, the it says ice, and then there's like a logo, and then nine. In that logo, it's like someone took a pen and scribbled all in there, uh, like they were writing on a pad above it or something. It's awful. It, this is not great condition. It's not good condition. It's not well, nice. Well, Johnny, so, it's, it's great condition. It's not near yeah, mint condition. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not near mint. So I 
I messaged them and said, hey, you know, I wasn't like, send me a refund. I want to return this. I, I, well, I just said, hey, pretty disappointed that the condition that this game came in, you described it as great. This is not great condition. You know, I said, I want deep pen gouges. I took pictures. So it's a little hard to see, but you know, like you can see where I'm getting at. There's a tear. There's some crushing here that you didn't mention there. Uh, like, like there's a crease here that you didn't say you said this is great. They sent back a message like, what are you talking about? We didn't say it was in great condition. We, we didn't say it was near mint or mint <laughs> this. It's a tier below those. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a tier. Like you guys have a tiering system. Am I supposed to know about your imaginary tiers? If you don't tell me that you have a grading scale, power up video games. How am I supposed to know your scale? If you don't publish your scale anywhere, it'd be different. If we said power up video games said our games range from great or near mint to poor, which I would hate to see what their poor looks like, you know, and then they described what they meant by their conditions. I just said, I'm a normal human being. So if I read the word great, I assume better than good. This is in great <laughs> condition, right? Like this is, I'm going to get this and it's going to be great. It was not, it was dog. Um, it's not like the worst condition, like GBA game I have or anything, but for a $300 game, I like to be a little choosier because I, yeah. I explained to this people, like, it sounds like we buy a lot of expensive games. But I still deeply consider when I buy a $300 game, like what I'm doing, I don't just like start dropping $300. Like it, it's not, that's not $20 to me. $300 is still a significant amount of money to me that I want to be careful when I spend it and feel like I, like my purchase wasn't stupid. Right. But instead I was made to feel like a fool and then have them be like, well, you don't understand. We've got a grading scale and this is a, the, yeah. And then him, I, I described that the front picture was blurry and that perhaps that was intentional. He's like, what are you talking about? The front picture is crystal clear. And then I felt like, I'm like, are you gaslighting me? Is this crazy <laughs> pants? Am I insane? I had to show Tyler. I'm like, Tyler, look at this. These pictures are different, right? Like the fidelity of this picture is clearly worse, right? Like the visual clarity is much worse. Tyler's like, yeah, it, this, so it's a worse picture. Because I could not believe that that was their response. And then I just said, you know what? Pretty much F you guys. I'm, I'll decide if I'm returning it or just dropping negative feedback and telling eBay on you, you know, all that kind of dumb shit. Uh, but don't, don't please never speak to me again because you'll never take my money again. This is, this won't happen. Fool, fool me once, uh, my fault. Kind of a, a deal. But uh, like that won't, that won't happen again. Don't buy from power up video games, no matter how they desperate are trash. you are. I mean, God, if you're like the most desperate and you really don't care about condition, but yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, before you told me that they were going to say, oh, it's great, not near mint, I sent you a message like, I know exactly what they're going to say. Because I've had you multiple people have this exact interaction with them. They're like, oh, it's yeah. great. It's not near mint. <laughs> yeah. It, nonsense. Uh, the other thing I got is I got um, a treasure or uh, a Naruto card for my GameCube copy of Naruto 2. Because uh, apparently that game comes with a limited edition card. You might know this if you've ever looked at the front of the box of Naruto, <laughs> which puts a giant red badge on there. And I think that's all editions, but mine didn't have it. And I found a cheap one. So I was like, uh, I've been trying to tighten up like my, the, the like the extras on games I have. Sure. Uh, Naruto 2, the player's choice doesn't have that badge on it. So like weirdly, the player's choice looks better, uh, except that yellow band. But yeah, this one's kind of like a big you know, thing. So part of my collecting this past year has been fixing up some of those like kind of major hiccups where I just like bought a copy and didn't care if it had the card. 
Uh, so I got the card in there now. So good job, John. Anyways, that's uh, that's what I bought. Uh, well, that's what I've bought. That's arrived. Well, next episode we'll talk about more stuff. And that's uh, I don't have anything else. Do you? No. All right. Well, um, that's it for the show, guys. Thanks so much for listening, Tyler. Where can they find you? Um, default Gen, Default G E N, Instagram, Video Game Sage, YouTube. Just send me a message on Instagram. Yeah, that's probably safest. Um, you can find Stefan uh, on the at the Art of NP on Twitter. That's pretty much where he lives now. So find him there. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Johnny underscore Ayuchi. You can find me on Video Game Sage Little, and uh, you can find me. On our Patreon Discord, if you want to come join us there, you can do so for as little as $2 or as much as $6. That's like our price range. Please don't bid more. Please keep in the tiers, two, four, or six, because they're they're meant to give you stuff. Uh, if you do like three or five, then you put yourself in a weird space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what to do with you. Anyways, uh, if you want to join us there, there's a lot of good people there. There's a lot of very knowledgeable collectors there. It's a fun place to hang out. That's where I like to, to go now. But again, if you don't, you're still going to get the same show. We do put some bonus content there. And that's all I have to say about Patreon. You can find it at uh, patreon.com slash collectors quest. And thank you so much for listening. And I'm sure Tyler will do his rounds of shout outs after this. But bye. That's our show. Thank you to the patrons. And thank you for putting this at the end of the show. I know some podcasts out there put their patron shout outs at the beginning of the show. But we at Collectors Quest let you turn off the podcast first. <laughs> Richard, patron number one, Bowden, 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre, high-end collector, Andrew Brim, Wada, 9.8, A++, Benji, Brian Gupta, and Pocky, and Rocky with Becky, Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, Sophisticated Investor, Cartmageddon, Chris, t- Chris, SNK, too many NES accessories, Morozek, that is, I trip over that one like twice before I'm able to say it every time. Johnny's GBA hookup, Coffee with Mr. Saturn, The Last Game You Need for the Set, Corey O'Brien, Unpunched Hang Tab, Dustin Beagle, The Actual Shinobi, Just Sonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy Ferris, Lance, Lord Hardstyle Z, The Degenerate, Matt Fall, Funkoland, Employee, Platform Agnostic, Read the Game Show. The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast, Sean the Gamer Collective, Previously unknown variant, Tim Walker, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, keeper of the Zelda variant, 0x death code, the actually rare Bird Dog Gaming, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, still finding deals in 2021 somehow, Colton Murphy, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk. Jim Jacobs, world record holder of Best Collection. Video game art collector because video games are art. Justin Chichio. Michael posting in the Discord right now, Chiara Monti. Nick, the video game database, Morgan. The other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games. The promoter, Retro RPG Podcast. Tex, who collects for Jaguar. Tom, obscure variant chaser Chase. Andrew actually collecting N-Gage O, B-Nugs, B-Nugs, Daniel McArdle who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon, the Xbox Authority Danny Gomez, the Philatelist Dork Overlord, my childhood PlayStation Idol GameDashRave.com, 
Joe actually plays his games Champity, and Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix. Thank you guys so much.